0: Hello and welcome to episode eighty-one of the My Fancy Zamboni podcast. Yet again, another week of hockey. Yet again, another podcast. I know we spoil you too much. Um, unfortunately, once again, we're having to test the Ironman status, just like last week. Um, no, Greth hasn't fallen asleep, although we suspect that Andy has fallen asleep this week. So that's kind of an Ironman status in itself of weekly runnings of people falling asleep. Um, Gref has uh, has tested positive for a banned substance in his uh, aspirin inhaler, we think. Um, so, yeah, unfortunately, he's out, of the, uh, he's out of the line-up as well for today. I think the honest answer, in fairness, is actually due to his IR injury uh, last week. I think we sent him down to the minors to train for Belfast before we head over there next week. I think it's the official line. Um, so, it's just the two of us today. So, Dave, jump straight in, mate. How are you doing today?
1: Good evening, Joe. Um- Good evening. Good evening, Gref and Andy, wherever you are. Um, get out like I'm, I'm all right, thank you. Um, yeah, another long week of hockey. Um, some interesting developments, some uh, interesting happenings. But, uh, yeah, it's, we're here. It's the end of the weekend. Uh, and a week to go before we head to Belfast. I mean, that's the
0: most exciting point of it. I mean, if, we're, if, if, if something doesn't change to stop us from going.
1: Yeah. Uh, Boris, behave yourself. Just
0: behave yourself. I feel like this is the point where, instead of saying anything political, you just interject with the I'm a celebrity, good evening, Prime Minister.
1: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I've got to say, that was, of all the memes and the photos of it, that twice has been the highlight of all the shenanigans, shall we call it, <laughs> um, of Bob Bush's uh, behaviour. Yeah, fair play, I'm not a fan of what I'm a sub, I know you, you watch it. Uh, yeah. Um, but uh, I, I've howled, um quite a lot of them, um, and <laughs> it was just a good eating premise. I'm just that did me. That was like, yeah, spot on.
0: Yeah, hundred percent, mate. Hundred I mean, percent. I, I mean, we're down to his roots today, Dave. What have got to be said. I mean, this is this is how the podcast started. Yeah, because it was it was you and I thinking, how can we make an elite league podcast? So this is almost like a a
1: special edition podcast episode yeah I feel like an, an origin show but uh, I'm sure we'll uh, deliver the same amount of um, highbrow hockey conversation that the four of us bring so enjoy you yeah. folks this is very
0: true so are we gonna, are we gonna, we going to title this one the Who Do You Think You Are My Fancy Zamboni Edition <laughs>
1: yeah <laughs> must um, we come up with something during this recording but yeah I think that's where we can go with that yeah.
0: sounds good to me sounds good to me um, I mean the other thing, mate. Well, it's just us two on on the podcast. Quite happy we're talking about hockey and not cricket right now. So
1: yeah, we'll, we'll not mention the the cricket. Um, yeah, you get all excited. You get you're looking forward to a series like the Ashes, which is always a great series. Ball one. Yeah, what a start that was. I'm just looking at like, oh god. You're you're meant to be opening for England. That's what bit you know village cricketers like me do on the first ball never mind test openers
0: true apparently he enjoyed the crispy duck that night though
1: <laughs> you can start <laughs> off that's my dish <laughs> I'm sure you just for share. context guys I the, the, I have a geographer I only get a message during the summer eh, I'm having duck for tea tonight what are you having guys I was like well, the first time what do you mean I play cricket ah so it became a long running thing and that just shows how uh, well I did at the back end of this summer just gone
0: it actually developed to you just sending a duck emoji. Even- <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> he just sent a duck. I was like, why is he, oh, he's playing cricket. Yeah, okay, yeah, I understand now. Uh, yeah. <laughs> but anyway, we digress. Hockey.
1: Hockey. Yes, I saw Hockey. Yes.
0: Yes. But- um, so, uh, we'll run through the scores very quickly. We are going to follow a, a pretty normal format. Without Andy and Gref, we will say it's another week that we apologise. We're going to push Glasgow to one side and not discuss them. They're the only team that we haven't... And...
1: Not ignoring you, Glasgow? No. Genuinely, I'm not. Not yet. Not yet. <laughs> we'll, we'll, we'll save them for the, the wine and cheese episode of the podcast. I look forward to that podcast <laughs>
0: I might be partaking in beer rather than wine but it sounds good to me it's never talked to before yeah. <laughs> <laughs> speaking of Glasgow that's the first game that that is on the list of, uh, of fixes gone by uh, Glasgow versus Nottingham Nottingham won 4-1 in Glasgow uh, Saturday we had Storm Guildford 4-3 win for the Storm Stars beat the Panthers 4-1 didn't laugh at that as a Sheffield fan at all um, Coventry lost out 5-2 at home to Glasgow uh, the Steelers beat the Devils in Cardiff 5-3. Uh, and the Giants beat the Fife. Flyers in Kokodi 3-0. Uh, Sunday you had the Steelers beating Dundee 3-1 in Sheffield, Glasgow took on the Belfast Giants at home, Giants won 6-0 on the road, uh, Guildford Flames beat Cardiff 2-1 in Guildford. another score that as a Steelers fan you said thank you to the, <laughs> the Flames for, and the Panthers beat the Flyers 4-2 in Fife. Um, we've also had two games that we didn't discuss on predictions because they were two challenge cup games. Uh, as far as Dave and I can remember, these weren't confirmed by the time we recorded the last podcast. Um, two uh, bizarre results just on the face of it in the Coventry beat the Belfast Giants 3-2 in Coventry and the Dundee Stars beat Cardiff 4-2 in Dundee. Uh, so that's the first leg of the quarterfinals for those four teams. Um, just before I throw it over to you, Dave, one thing that I will laugh at, last week's podcast, we all say Manchester are going to win, Manchester lose. Last podcast, we all say Guildford are going to win and Manchester win. So, realistically, Gref wants all of us to say Manchester are gonna I do yeah. that. Um, do that. Uh, going to
1: lose. Let's do that. Before I to my highlight of the scores, I'll just pick up on, on a slight thing. The dundee Carter score you wouldn't have predicted. The Coventry one, I, I'm not going to lie, you kind of could do, because we've said before that, it's, that they're a cup team in terms of Bill and the CJ Mott effects. The, the type of team that can steal results, if that makes sense. Hmm. Um, this
0: the, the the they were surprised results was only down to yeah when you said Cardiff and Belfast lost your first reaction to that would be oh okay if you then might like, dug down into the nitty gritty of the lost well particularly Belfast lost in Car- Coventry you'd be like okay fair enough
1: um my my highlight um uh, I'm gonna go Dundee uh Nottingham Dundee coming out with four one um goals from uh, Sanchi on the power play Dorowitz on the power play and a couple for Bengtsson for Dundee with uh, Lane uh, the sole strike for the Panthers Um, and not because the Panthers lost it I think Dundee have started to to gain some momentum um, and they to to keep running because it's easy for them to go we'll beat Fife we'll beat Manchester we'll beat teams at the other end of the table, they need to get the scalps, they need to get, and it's not, it's not just one, they need to get two, three, for them to go, we could actually do something this season. And that's a start. So, I'm, I'm, I'm tough for Dundee, I'm tough for, um, um Pasha. I, I think he's, a bit of a, an underrated coach. Um, being treated to see what he like with a team with a big budget. Um, And I'm surprised he not even. I'm not going to lie to you. I thought they would have been the one that would have gone. Let's get him down here. Um, the work he's doing in Dundee as coach and general manager, um, is starting to, you know, is starting to show good, uh, good fruition. You saw the work they did during the lock the lockdown, um, where they looked at the business side of things and businesses in Dundee to get them involved and associated the club. Which, given Dundee's history in hockey, isn't the easiest thing to do. So that that side of things, they're doing good stuff. And the attendance, the average attendance is on the up. Um, mm. for a place that holds two, two and a half thousand, I think. Correct me if I'm wrong. They're averaging around fifteen, sixteen hundred, which, okay, gives them more scope to build on. But they were, at the beginning of the season that we had, that was the down for a lot COVID, they was in the three figures. So they're making some serious improvements. These results will help that. So, I, uh, you know, I hope they carry on well, apart from when they play Sheffield, of course. Um, but it's, it's, it's good to see, hey, it's a good result for, for Dundee, but it's good for that club to carry on building and, and, and progressing. Um, cause you want to see some strong Scottish team uh, in the league. I mean, it'd be great to have four of them, but if we could get the three mm. teams strong and Dundee being the team that starts it, and five from Glasgow, follow. so probably be a good thing.
0: Yeah, I've got to agree with that. I mean, I've always liked Pasha as a coach in a respect of you can see what he does. I mean, you don't like him when he coaches against you, but again, it's not necessarily a sign of anything other than him doing his job. Um, I think one of the big things for Dundee is you, you look at your kind of your top teams, and we can certainly say this from the Sheffield perspective: if Sheffield stop producing on the ice, there's a huge effect on the attendances that we see at games. Our our attendances, granted they come off the the cheaper games, granted they come off the PR and the chances of winning silverware and whatever, if we stop performing on that ice, our attendances will take a hit. If Dundee are able to start building up a better or a bigger fan base with a lower budget, then the budget comes and then they can start producing on the ice as well. So if they can start to build that fan base up, and start, like you say, start looking at the management side more. It's a it's a great it's a great sign for them, and you know they've got some great players. Adam Morrison can stand on his head. They've got Kyle Haas who likes to throw in the antics every so often. As much as we might have slated a few of the antics, he definitely puts bums on seats, particularly in that kind of arena. So, yeah, huge sign, and as you say. They're getting the results against big teams sometimes and that's, that's all you need sometimes. You know, you don't want the fans to go into the rink saying, we've lost this game. And I don't think Dundee are ever actually saying that. I We, we played them on Sunday. I never thought, oh, this is definitely
1: a guaranteed win. No. And I, what I do like about them is they play an honest brand of hockey. You see some teams coming to Sheffield and we say that, obviously because we watched with City Steelers and you can yeah. swap Sheffield for any team. You can see some teams coming to your rink and you go, do you know what? This is going to be awful to watch. I mean, we said the same about the five games a week. That actually yeah. turned out to be a very good game mm. uh, for both sides. Dundee, they just have this honest, workmanlike type game that you can enjoy to watch. And even if they're not scoring all the goals, it's still to a degree, even if it was as, as a an away performance type thing, it was still good to watch. It was it was honest. You know, sometimes yeah. you know, you see some of the, the top end teams all playing when I say cheating, obviously not cheating per se, but it's like they're, they're not being honest to what the, the brand of hockey that they do. do no, they don't. They stick to what they are, they know what they are, and they do it quite well. Yeah. Um, and I say I walked out three one I mean he, he earned that match in that game. Uh, so yeah, you know, at the moment there's a lot to enjoy about Dundee as an outsider looking in. Yeah,
0: yeah, certainly still a game you look forward to watching.
1: Um, I mean,
0: my highlight, I'm gonna go Homer on this one. Um, I don't think I've picked a Sheffield I, game. I did
1: your, I did your teammate. All right, Dundee, okay. Lost. <laughs> Wait, you said it then? I was like, what? <laughs> uh, okay, yeah, could you not?
0: Um, there are things I could say but not on this podcast so we'll move swiftly on from that um, but yeah I'm going to go, gonna go homer on this one um, I don't think I've picked a Steelers game for a while but I watched this one on the webcast it's the game against the Cardiff Devils on Saturday at Ice Arena Wales um, and yeah not the start we expected to the game straight away um, Matt Carouf <laughs> Amazing. Uh, I mean, he squares up to Tanner Ebelé within the first few minutes of the game because Tanner followed down a puck. Nothing really in it. Brendan McNally comes in and throws a sucker punch to the back of Eberle they're thinking, right, here we go. They're playing the intimidation tactics. You know, they're really trying to set a precedent in this game early. And then all of a sudden, we do quite an innocuous kind of throw the puck around the back of the net, get a line change, skate yeah. in. And I think it was, was it was Yeah, Latal skates yeah. in. And as Latal skates in, Karouf goes to behind the net with a puck on his stick to throw the the puck back around to one of their guys. And as Karouf steps backward, he doesn't realise he's about two steps further to his right than he thinks and trips over his own goalpost. As he does that, the puck spills out straight in front of the net and Latal still makes hard work of putting it into the empty net and goes inside post and in. But it has to be the most that I've laughed in a long time at a sporting event. And I laughed quite hard when Max Verstappen crashed out in the Grand Prix the other day. So, yeah, I, I will say it wasn't a bad crash. I wasn't laughing because he was... Yeah, anyway. um I was dumb. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> and then you see the second goal. And that's scored by Jonathan Phillips. And I love seeing Jonathan Phillips score against Cardiff. And, um, again, quite a big blunder from Karouf. Goes for the save. Not quite sure why he goes down quite so much for the save. Bounces off the D-man. Phillips slots it straight into the empty cage. And you're thinking, right, okay, Two-goal lead against Cardiff. Then it goes to a three-goal lead. And I'm sitting there going, debut game. uh, Wojtek Polak. Be great for him to... Oh, no, he scored. Okay, Another goal. And then we're going up again. Valorant scores. And you're thinking, right, uh, 4-0 lead against Cardiff. And I'm not going to lie in my head, I'm going... We lost 5-0 against these guys last time. Put one more in, repaid the scoreline. Uh, their first goal was scored at 54 minutes and 7 seconds in the game. And it was scored by Cole Sanford. The second goal was scored 54 minutes, 32 seconds in the game, scored by Brodie Reid. The third goal was scored 59 minutes and 7 seconds into the game, scored by Stephen Dixon. And all of a sudden, within... Five minutes, the game's turned from a 4-0 game to a 4-3 game. And all of a sudden, we're stood there in the exact same face-off circle as we were for a Challenge Cup final, with big John Armstrong trying to take the face-off and cover the puck up to kill the clock. And it was just like, no, this is too much. This is exactly the same. Uh, Robert Dowd then throws the puck down the the ice, clangs the post. Uh, We then get a penalty. Jonathan Phillips, two minutes for tripping for a guy skating over his stick. Uh, off, off the face off and you're thinking right now this is just like 15 seconds left Dane Todd uh, no not Dane Todd sorry Keaton Ellaby after all the controversy with his hit on Duggan last time we played Cardiff shot from his own goal line straight into the middle of the cage to finish the game off so 5-3 win for the Steelers in the end but it's not the win for Sheffield as the reason that I've picked this game and in fairness it is a big win for a team that is still hurting, they're still injured. Um, we are missing some key players still. Polak stepped in fantastically over the weekend to kind of replace one. Uh, but, you know, still in that game, you're looking at missing. Um, you know, DeLuca would obviously, what's happened there. You're missing Sakswood Danielson, which is a big presence at the back. Um, no Barry Brust out injured, so we've got Curtis Warburton on the bench. And Rock played a fantastic game. Uh, as well to keep them in the game. So a great character win for Sheffield, but it was just how much this game highlights that you can never, ever take a step back and have a rest in a hockey game. To go from 4-0 at 54 minutes and 6 seconds to all of a sudden 4-3 just over the 59th minute is insane. And it, it really, really did feel like Cardiff were going to bring that game back at some point. So uh, a cracking game. The one amusing point that I'll bring out of that was the fact that Cardiff do not appear to have the same goal line technology system that we have. In that there's no goal line technology for the referee to review down on ice level like they usually do. So usually in, in Sheffield at least you'd see the goal line technology review come on. The referees would both skate off down the Zamboni drawers at the bottom of the ice. They'd go and check the video so they can make the call whether it's a goal or not. The Devils don't appear to have that. They wanted a review on two of our goals, both of which to me looked okay with no problem. They weren't allowed the review because the reviews take place upstairs and the referees couldn't review it themselves. So just quite an amusing point there of the Devils trying to do things differently and getting bitten for it Um and they were not happy they couldn't review it. So it was just, just quite an amusing moment. But a cracking game. Really good to watch. Um, edge of your seat towards the end of
1: the game. But yeah, good highlight for the Saturday, I thought. Uh, it must be a thing of wearing a black jersey in Cardiff. Um, it's doing well, Sheffield. So if we can continue to do that, I'm all for that. Uh, yeah, I would say I didn't watch the, the game. Uh, but you saw sort the of score and you just go, yeah, at some point, like you said, there's, there's going to be a comeback because, as much as we've made reference that Cardiff doesn't have, appear to have that aura, still the Devils aren't mugs when it comes to playing the game this season and the team they've got. So I wasn't surprised when they nearly pulled it back. Uh, big result for Sheffield. Um, and if you're honest, this is, I'll come on to it very shortly. It's one of the many big games for Sheffield for a question that they will be asking come January onwards. Um, I don't, after, after, after. But uh uh seeing the highlights, uh, some good saves from both Sanovic and Karuf. Um and yes, yeah, so, it's so always good to see Jonathan Phillips score goals. Even yeah. better team score in Cardiff, um, in his hometown. Uh but that um another sellout out, or as they call it a hell out, uh, in Cardiff. Fair play, good use of the uh, terminology. Um why not? You know? few the devils you know, me, me, you know use all you can do um, but no uh, good, good good scoreline for Sheffield and they built on it given the injuries that they've had um, to go into that building and get two points regulation it is a good thing uh, so uh, yeah good for that and uh, to, like I said the question I'm, I'm talking about in terms of what Sheffield is they've got seven games for the rest of this year And you'll start asking that big question is who's going for that league title. Results in buildings like Cardiff, like Belfast next week, like Nottingham the week after. I'm not mentioning Coventry-Manchester for a second. They're the buildings where you go, if you get points in them, you start going, that's probably the team, and it could be any of the other three teams and you put Sheffield back in that equation. But you start thinking, that's the team that could start being on the run for that title, and we yeah. always said, you know, you, you're looking at the, at the beginning of April when the season finishes. That conversation starts January time, where you just go, right? We've now got what a few months of play, we've got the chance to come out of the way now. That just the the knockout games, the business end starts to come very rapidly, and it's then fixtures, it's then results where you go, right. And Cardiff have had a habit of getting the big results over the last few years. Belfast, the last time. Sheffield can do it. Who knows?
0: Yeah, hundred percent. And and the other thing is, I mean, we we talk about these kind of big games being won in Cardiff, being won in Nottingham, being won in Belfast. Um, you know, and they're huge games in the set in the, in you know on their own. For me, and I, I'm not. My chickens, when I say this, I'm not even remotely saying that this is what's going to happen. I mean, the Steelers currently sit pretty at the top of the table at the moment. And it has to be said, if this Steelers team could lift the league trophy this year, and I'm not by any means saying, as I say, that it's going to happen, but if they could, not only do you look back at the games against Cardiff, Belfast and Nottingham in their own building... You look back at the games where we're down two, three, four key players and still pull out the results. To miss a big presence at the back, like Saxford Danielson in particular, in that game, granted we've kind of brought in a replacement for Connolly in Polak, and he looks to be a quality fit in. Um, you know, we had Valorand and Eberle and Dowd back in the lineup, and they all played outstanding. So, you know, we weren't as short benched as we have been, but still in missing DeLuca, who was a key player, and in missing Saxwood Danielson, who's a key player, and also having Rock play the second game, well, oh, sorry, that was the first game of the weekend, but having Rock come in and play both games over the weekend for the first time in a while, it's actually we've been more reliant on Brust for the last few weeks. To so have Rock come in and put in the performances that he did over the weekend and play both of those games, these are the other kind of games that you look back on. So to me, this Cardiff win was a double whammy. It was playing in Cardiff with some key players out in their building, and still pulling out the result.
1: It is, and it, you look at the other teams. You show the likes of if Cardiff were missing Dixon, and and they'll they'll have an injury bug at some point. Sheffield's yeah. had theirs, and I think that's kind of the point to stress is if they're getting the results with the injury bug, that's the that gives uh, their credentials a lot of, of a lot of a boost. Nottingham will have that, I and mean, I know they were missing. Oh, they are, to Signon. I want to say. Uh, oh, they're missing Deming. They've oh, I said Deming, them. my apologies. Oh, yeah. um, key player for the Panthers. Um, yeah. Cardiff haven't had that yet. Uh, neither have Belfast. So, you, by the law of averages, you'll know that will happen at some point, And it's how that club responds. So far, Sheffield have gave that response. Yeah. Nottingham are picking up results, but they've not had that bulk of play missing yet. So, it'd be interesting to see how the festive period comes along and, uh, and goes for all the, all the teams mentioned.
0: Does its thing. <laughs> yeah, no, absolutely, mate, absolutely. Um, have we got anything else to add on results over the last week?
1: Uh, no, not really. Um, so we've talked about the chance cut ones. Um, Decent game to show uh, on Premier Sports with Belfast and Glasgow. And, uh, yeah. Not if you're a Glasgow fan. <laughs> well, but uh, I, I do like that they've already talked about the three games, three days as an excuse. And you're thinking, anybody knows that you've missed a huge chunk of the season. <laughs> you're going to have a lot of three and three days. It's, uh, yeah. it's unfortunate that. Um So, no, it's, again, you know, see a lot of good players from across the league um, and it's not just the normal top four all the teams uh, are producing you know highlight reels that end up on the um, league's Twitter the highlight of the week type of thing and it's good I mean we mentioned I think it was over like last week or the week before where we've got a number of goalies that are standard that you could have on any team um, and you've just seen the putting out the out skaters joining into that rush so nice, it's good we'll make it continue Long may it continue. The other thing I'll add from from the
0: from the, the games in fairness. I mean we've we said we're not going to talk about first impressions for Glasgow, so it's not necessarily the intention. Um we were singing the praises a little bit on the podcast last week. We were saying that it's been you know they were I think they were at a fifty percent win percentage in the league. Um and we were saying that it was good to say that they've not been together as long as other teams and um you know it's a good result for them to be pulling out the points despite the fact that they've not had as much time to gel as a team. I'm not going to contradict that, or I'm not necessarily going to say that's not the case. I heard a contrary response to that last weekend, which was the flip side for Glasgow is they haven't had the battered players. They haven't had the fatigued players. They're running off the adrenaline that they're in the league now. They've got their own building. They're in it and they want to do something and make a statement. This weekend to me, if I was a Glasgow fan, my only concern would be this is the first tester for them. It's the first three games in three days. Not a bad result, realistically. Like We're not going to focus too much on the 4-1 loss against the Panthers, fair enough. We know that Nottingham are a good team. They've had some bad results recently, but we know that they're a team that can always come and take the points off you. And, and If they're on their game, then you know they're a team to to be cautious around you know then they then they get the result against Coventry which is a big win in Coventry against a team that we've said in a building that we've said is difficult to win in and then that 6-0 loss at home against against you know Belfast is that a sign that this team is really going to struggle with that that packed schedule this is the first time that they've had that and they're going to have a lot of them we said that last week they're going to have a lot of weeks where they're playing three games, four games in a week because they've got the schedule to build up. They've got at least a month back to play. That would be my only concern if I was a Glasgow fan right now is is that 6-0 loss at home against a big, strong team. It's not like we're saying that they lost against a weaker team. But is that 6-0 loss at home a bit of a sign of this schedule's going to be a bit of a step too far? I think the key
1: to that, question is if it happens against a team at their ilk at their level you know if a Fife does that if a Dundee does it if a Manchester does it no disrespect on three teams but if they do that at that stage then yeah I think that answers itself but yeah We know Belfast are a
0: team that can turn up and put the points on. Like, this. It, it, it's not. I'm not saying like it's an absolute catastrophic weekend, but it's, that's just the concern. When you're bringing out the three games in three days excuse after the first time, when you've got a lot of it to come, it's just a little bit like, okay, you might be in for a bit of a rough ride, but I right, just wait and see. We'll see what happens, and uh, you know, hopefully, it's not the case because it's nice to see, like you say, it's nice to see Scottish teams competing too. So uh, we'll have to see what happens moving forwards from there. Um, have we got anything else to add on the results gone by, or can we move yeah, to I the next? Thing? I think we've done that, mate. Sound. So we are going to keep on top of uh, the airport lounge. Now um, we said last week that we dropped the ball massively. I feel like I'm like on Pokemon, but a wild Andy Stafford has appeared. <laughs> Breaking so, news! You've joined us are. about half an hour into the podcast, mate. um <laughs> That's
2: not too why I thought it was uh, more than that. <laughs> <laughs> How's it going? So it's it's nice to, it's nice to see you. Yeah, it's been one of those days where everything just rolls into one. Uh, you look at your phone one minute, the next, you know, twenty minutes or so has gone by. So, ah, uh, one of those days.
1: Are you here? That's the main thing.
2: Yeah.
0: This is true. This is true. We'll, we'll catch you. You've not really missed that much, to be fair. We've, we've, all we've really done is we've discussed uh, the game's just gone by, and then we've just picked our highlight game each. Um, I mean, I, completely off the cuff, mate. If you want to pick a highlight result, feel free to pick a highlight result. If you want to just move on to the airport lounge that we were just moving on to, it's your call completely there, mate. I think we'll just move on
2: to the airport. I think, Yeah, no problem yeah. at all.
1: Done ones really for next week already. Moving to the airport. Okay, oh, mate. Get me in that lounge.
0: Um, now we we said last week that we we really dropped the ball on signings. Um, I don't even know how many signings that we really should have gone through last week. Um, so yeah, so we're going to keep on top of that now. So we're in the uh, departures and arrivals lounge. Um, the first departure that we have is Anthony De Luca leaves the Sheffield Steelers to go to trois rivieres Lyons or Three River Lions, uh, as it sounds better. Uh, they are in the ECHL. Uh, Sean Richards has signed from Mount Royal University to the Nottingham Panthers. Uh, Tommaso Traversa has signed from HC Pustatal to the Sheffield Steelers. And Chase Shaver has left the five flyers to pastures unknown uh, for reasons unknown that will not be discussed because we don't know them. Uh, so, gents, I think, in fairness, we can scrub out the two departures because usually we just pretty much say they've left and that's about that. Um, Sean Richards and Tommaso Traversa. I mean, we us start with the first and start with Sean Richards.
1: Yeah, it, we've said... I'm- for the last year and a bit, that signings are not going to have been against the grain, not the headline, not the superstar, not the one with the massive NHL resume. And this definitely falls into that category as he's been making his first, uh, senior uh, debut with the Panthers. But you look at his junior career, not, not a bad set of stats. Um, you know, points, goals and points for St Albert Flyers, um, in AAA points and goals for Everett, silver tips of the WHL. Um, So, at that level, he was a point scorer. Um, If if the question, obviously, is if he can transfer that to the senior level. Um, But I'll say this. The Panthers, when they bring... Because they've brought in the current... uh, Wallace and Doucette regime they, they, when they bring the younger players across they seem to find the diamonds in the rough and I wouldn't be surprised as much as you look at the rugby and go not the type of player you think would bring across I wouldn't be surprised if this is another diamond in the rough uh, and Nottingham find pretty good hockey player at junior level it stats look okay and should, if he can transfer it across, should do a good job in, for the Panthers. Yeah,
2: you know, on paper it looks very, very average. Uh, but like Dave mentioned, these players who played in the U Sports leagues seem to do pretty well over here. Um, the amount of people from the U Sports League has is, is literally pretty much doubled. I think from from last last ten years, so it's great to see the that. They are giving these, um, these young players a chance in the league and, um, uh, his junior career again, pretty good. Um, since then, not been fantastic, but again, you know, it might just not just, just be, be points, specifically that, that this player is, is a best at, maybe it's other things, maybe it's, you know, it's, it's working those dirty areas, it's, uh, Landing games down, you know they've got plenty of uh, of players who, who, who can put their numbers on board in Nottingham. So maybe they were looking for that sort of player who, who can close games down, get in the face of the of opponents. So um, yeah, um, on the face of it, very average, not much to really look at. But again, we'll just have to wait and see what sort of dynamic he brings he brings to this team. And he's, he's still very young, you know, twenty two years old. So there's a lot of room for him to grow and um, looking pretty much like his his, his first professional sort of stint. So, yeah, good luck to him. Um, Hope he brings the best for the Panthers. Uh,
0: Yeah, I mean, look, it's difficult to assess signings that are brought in at this point in the season to me. Um, you know, we spoke last week about Wojciech Polak and saying that that was a, a great signing for the Steelers to bring in with the pedigree that he's got at this stage in the season. Um, and I think your two most impressive signings at this stage of the season are the people with that kind of pedigree and the players like Sean Richards that don't have the most experience. If he comes in and plays like he probably has the potential, and in fairness, let's not undermine like the the, the knowledge of, of Guy Set and Tim Wallace between the two of them you know they're two very experienced players we've seen what Guy Set in particular did when he was a player in the league and then you look at Tim Wallace having had experience play for, for teams like the Penguins I believe he played for the Islanders as well Dave believe he did um, you know so you've got two very very good hockey minds that are in charge in the Panthers and and I'm sure they've done their research on this guy so these sometimes are the kind of signings that you sit there and go, do you know what? Can you remember when we signed that guy and no one thought he was going to do a thing? Um, and in that respect, it's a low risk signing. You know, we don't know the details of it. We don't know what kind of wages on or whatever. I can't imagine that he's being paid as much as the majority of the rest of the players on the Panthers roster, just with him being 22 and it being kind of the first pro hockey that he's played. But you know, it's a low risk signing in that no one expects this guy to light up the league. No one expects this guy to be bringing one, two, three points per game, you know, scoring multiple goals. But if he comes in and does it, you know, haven't they just brought in a quality player? And if not, they've had a guy in, they've seen what he's like, they move on and try someone else. So I, I, I think this would be a good signing for them. Like you guys have said, U Sports League, good record of players from the U Sports League coming to the Elite League before. We've had a lot of them and I think they've always done a decent job on 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 the in the majority of cases at least. He's young. He's young
1: and he's got a point to prove. Just to just I Andy mentioned it um, in terms of the the number of, from the U sport. Do you reckon that the number increase has been with the exposure of the uh, the Friendship Four tournament that like Belfast hold? Um where the NCAA appreciates a different league or but do you reckon that that tournament has Kind of open the door of the elite league to the college players who don't make the NHL, don't make the AHL and go, do you know what? I'm not going to have, I'm not going to do it. So I might as well try Europe. And having these players at that young age to go come across to Europe and, you know, see the world and play the sport that they, uh, for a living.
0: Yeah, I could see that being a big reason that players like that would move over here. And, you know, we, we've spoken before about the extra exposure and about the, the extra push that it's given our league in terms of um, you know, Team GB playing in the top flight and teams competing in the CHL and the Conti Cup to the level that they do. And I think that gives us a big push. But like you say, then having things like the Friendship 4 tournament giving us that extra bit of exposure, it's nice to not feel like a retirement league. You know, yes, your top players that have brought in the stats, they're the guys you get excited for because... You see 100 games in the NHL. You see 150 games in the KHL, and you you start to kind of the mind starts to race a bit in terms of what can this guy do. And in all honesty, if we look back at some of the guys that have signed, are they not the most disappointing players? Look back over the last maybe two or three years in a Steelers jersey, and no disrespect intended to him, is Martin Saint Pierre not one of the most disappointing players you've seen playing a Steelers jersey over the last few years? It wasn't for any reason other than his age and his experience and where he played. you know. So it's nice having those guys, but it's really exciting to have the young guys coming in like this, mm. using us as a stepping stone, not as a step down.
3: No, very much a stepping stone. And I think,
1: I know it was used by coaches years ago to get imports. We're talking back end of the Super League I remember Blaisdell saying you know have a good season here I'm next to nothing I'll get you in the DEL I'll get you in the SHL or whatever the Swedish League called at the time the SM Liga or the Russian Super League at the time do that you've got this chance um, and you know what as much as the Super League was boom and bust it had some exciting younger players and if we're able to do that obviously not the same cost uh, in terms of player budgets um, but if we're able to do that again bring it on
2: Yes yeah, very sort of similar to uh well a person not not quite as bad as uh Corey Pecker, Packer, who would even end up playing probably in the games for us, but um yeah, very disappointing player and this is what goes amiss sometimes is that they are bringing spending so much money to bring these players over, but nobody really knows you know what what you are sort of getting as that package you know doesn't matter what team it is you could sign someone who's played so many games and uh, in, in these higher leagues, but then they turn out to be an absolute bust. So, you know, that's that, that's one of the things of being a coach. You know, you look at stats and then you, you, you land this gap and it turns out to be, you know, just a real disappointment. So, uh, it does happen in this league, unfortunately, but, um, you know, it, it, it's great there's two sides of the coin in, in, in terms of, you know, you, you've you got the, uh, the slightly older players who have, who have got so much experience around, around the world or in these top top few leagues but then it's a good balance I'll, I'll give them the younger the younger guys the younger imports a chance as well uh, that haven't really you know that could play in this, their first season pro or uh, first season outside of North America so it's great they are giving these players a chance and uh, giving a, a, a stepping stone I guess because in a few years when they do end up uh, or, or if they do end up playing in, in one of the top leagues in the world, you can see that other players have so many games in the league and did pretty decent there. So um, it could be good to see the league having that stepping stone factor, which is good.
0: Yeah, 100%. It's exactly what you want to see from the league. And uh like you say, like you said earlier, Andy, when when you first like spoke about this guy, like you you said, all the best to him and good luck to him. Hope, hope he can bring it for the Panthers. And obviously, as three Steelers fans, we hope that he doesn't bring it in the games against Sheffield. But um, no, you're absolutely right. And <laughs> without wanting to add the pressure to the guy, there's a lot rest on players like this because it, it, it is big for the image of the league. And like you say, like you listen to spitting chiclets and things like that. You listen to what Biz has got to say about the league from when he played in it in lockdown. It was basically used as a bit of a, I need some hockey, I'll have a break. You know, the league's not nothing major. But hey, you know, I spent some time in there and I lit the league up a bit. Wouldn't you like to be able to hear a player in 10 years' time go, yeah, this is where it started? You know, I played in the Elite League for a bit. I landed a, co- a contract in the ECHL that then ended up with me being on loan in the AHL for half a season. You know, next minute I was playing in the show and I played 15 games in my first year.
1: I'm not saying it's going to happen, but it'd be great to see and also it then has that conversation where people when the players talk and go I've had an offer from such and such club in, in, in the UK you, you went to the UK what was it like? and it, it kind of because obviously what Randy Andy was saying in terms of you going to the stats we don't have the, uh, the scouts that we could just send across and scout games so you can actually properly look at imports and that the word of mouth is kind of the, the UK's equivalent the amount of time you hear a player saying oh I know that's such and such a player who'd been two years ago love my time in Sheffield, Nottingham, Cardiff, Guildford and all that. Um, so yeah, the very same thing. If he does well over here, it goes off the Panthers in the short term, but actually, the league itself actually gets a, another voice of, if you're not going to do it there, head to the head to UK.
0: Yeah, who thought we'd have been seeing that? Who thought we'd have been seeing that? Ten years ago, like you say, when we signed Corey Pecker and he came in twice the size that everybody expected him to and but ended Ben Olsen in his last game because he got a two minute penalty for something stupid you know know. yeah onwards and upwards for the league boys that's what we want to see you know we talk about the Brit development but we can start developing Americans it's only a good sign isn't it I mean
1: you know and
0: I've realized as I said that I think he's Canadian he's Canadian yeah okay so North American North American. We'll save you there, mate. In hey, fact, if we can develop any non-English players, I think that's a good start. So you know, we'll just go with that. We,
2: we could develop players well, better than our players, own yeah. players. So yeah,
0: yeah, yeah we can. <laughs> <laughs> Have we got anything else to add on Sean Richards, guys, or do we want to move on to the next guy? Sound. So. The next guy that we have signed is a guy that, up until about 20 minutes before starting the podcast, I honestly thought was a D demon because I thought we were trying to replace Saxra Danielson. He's not, he's a centre and left wing. Uh, previously played about five games, I think, for the Dundee Stars. It is Tommaso Traversa. What do we make of this one?
1: Another signing that like at this time of the year is not bad at all. Um, just to clarify your point, you 12 games for Dundee. Um, So it's not the first time he's headed to these uh, shores. Um, In the the league itself, it was five, but he played seven cup games. Um, Ah, okay, I missed that point. However, he has a heck of a lot of experience, not just in leagues in Europe, but also internationally. And he's also a player that is no stranger to not only Great Britain, but also the Steelers. Played for Italy in the Olympic qualifiers in Budapest, but also played against them, um, assuming he went injured, and in ran on when um, they were in the Continental Cup final uh, in 2018. Um, Points-wise, point producer. Uh, and from from a Sheffield perspective, he would be someone that they need, um, given the players who have been out. He's on. He's over on the injury reserve List type thing for now, but the option of if he settles and he can last the season. So that's, I think Fox is making, so he's made an interesting sign and in, in some of the stuff that's come out after the announcement that he said he wants to stay, he wants to finish the season here. Um, shows intent from the player. Fox has already said in terms of, I think the initial press for if he's uh, the player we want, we'll keep him. So, I think Sheffield was forced to make some changes because of the injury front, but as the changes go, this is not about change at all. Um, is it an upgrade on the players? We'll, we'll find out. Um, Pollock is a good start from the replacement that they've had so far. Again, from a Sheffield perspective, let's hope that this player does the same again.
2: It'd be, his, it'd be his first time uh, outside of Italy since obviously joining the Dundee in sixteen seventeen. Um But again, for this time of year, a pretty good pick up, to, to be honest with you. And um, points-wise, he has been producing. So it isn't just a, you know, a case of joining one team and, and not quite doing so well, uh, which is the same for the other. He's, he's been pretty consistent in scoring. Probably not the best start. I don't think he wanted in uh, Poost at all. But hopefully, you know, uh, it's is his second crack at this league, and maybe this time will be a little bit different. Just having that bit more knowledge about it. Um, I was I was I was looking at um, a star article uh, a few days ago about uh, Traversa, and uh, he actually interviewed Mark Lefay, who was the coach of Dundee at the time. Uh, said that they brought in uh, Kevin Brewiston instead and um, obviously they said to let Traversa go but when you look at the points that he put up which is 54 points in 47 games I mean you can sort of understand why uh, they decided to go a different route especially when you look at who they had in sixteen seventeen. they had Vinny Scarzella who was definitely one person I'd love to see in an orange shirt he had 72 points in 52 that season then they had Justin Ferriner, Mikael Lidhammer. Joey Side, Brett Switzer and Keltanaka is literally most of their forwards. And uh, looking at those names, you can understand they had a pretty decent squad that year. It's no wonder they made the final four. Uh, But mainly on to Traversa, you know, uh, a few more years under his belt, a few more years of of, of playing uh, internationally. So I think um, having that a bit more time... uh, to play and a bit more knowledge, I guess, of, of of the sport will really help him in terms of you know his uh, his, his skill, his discipline. I think he'll be pretty good, to be honest with you. Um, if if you can match him on the line uh, that I have managed to with uh, Polak, you know, and, and, and Polak's been fantastic since he joined. Uh, in in two games that we've seen, he's it, been absolutely fantastic. So hopefully, he'll find the right line over here, uh, and I can definitely see Traverser producing fairly, fairly pretty good.
0: Yeah, like you guys say, you you look at the kind of, I don't know, you look at you look at the uh, the, the previous in in Dundee. You know, it's not the best start to looking at his stats just from a basis of not many games. Like you say, Andy, you see that they, uh, they opted to go with someone else. And when you see that that guy basically blew it up in terms of points, then you can kind of start to see why uh, they went with that guy. Um, I don't know in this respect. I mean, I hate to be one of those guys that says that I trust, um, you know, Aaron Fox. But I'm presuming looking at the size of the guy, I mean, he's, he's, he's only small. I've just closed the tab by accident. He's five foot seven um you know the first thing that i think is you shorter guys like that tend to have a decent pair of legs on them in terms of skating ability and speed um and we said already when we read about Boytek polak last week uh, his write-up was that he got some good speed and he was a good skater and we said last week that this team's got some good speed in mosey latal everlay Jona. If this guy brings some speed, there's not going to be any team in the league that can keep up with us by the end of the game because we are really, really building a team of absolute rockets on the ice, uh, and I think this guy might be just that guy to fit in there. Looking at our roster now, we're not looking for a first or second liner. You know, we've we've replaced Connolly, as far as it goes with, um, you know, with. Uh, Polak I literally just said his name and I forgot his name uh, you know we've replaced him we've got Eberle Valoran Dowd back in the roster for me our first two lines are set this guy comes in to replace Satchelor Danielson Moses stepping down to the uh, probably stepping down to play full-time D for the time being to replace Satra Danielson and that's that's obviously where that fits in Uh, to me this guy's a solid third line player and I think that's exactly what we need we need a guy to sit on that third line and put some points up and and like we say he's got the experience he's played in some good leagues we know the Italian league isn't anything to turn your nose up to Um, you know the Alps Hockey League and the Italian league and then obviously like we say he's got a lot of international experience as well so he's played a couple of years for uh, for, Pustatal slash Val Pusteria where he was the assistant captain in the Alps Hockey League and in the Italian League. Um, so, do you know if he's if he's that kind of guy? If he's a good a good attitude to have in the dressing room, he's a good he's a good he's a player's player by the sounds of it. He comes in with a good attitude. I can see us keeping this guy to the end of the season. His stats are there, his experience is there, and when you read that the guy wants to be there till the end of the season, and he's not just wanting to bounce around different teams. Like we said about the last guy, like we said about um, about the, the guy for Nottingham coming in with a point to prove, okay, this guy isn't 22. He's not old, he's 31. But okay, he's not 22. He's not just trying to make a name for himself in his career. But if he wants to stay to the end of the season, he's got to come in and hit the ground running. He's got to come in and make a good impression. And uh, What we're saying, if what we're saying is right, that Sheffield want to bounce through this injury, you know, rough bit of injury time, this is the kind of guy that you want. You want a guy that wants to stay to the end of the season. You want a guy that's going to come in and make an impact on the dressing room and on the ice. Um, yeah, like we say, you boys have already covered it. You know, another cracking signing to make it this time of the year. And again, a credit to where we've moved to as a league.
1: I think the point to, to raise also, Pastero moved up from the Alps League to the ice. Okay, so the one in the, the Austria... um Yeah. The one where Salzburg and and Vienna and Klagenfurt play. So they moved up a level. I thought I'd give you a mention, Joe. So you look at that from this year, it's like, mm, not like normal, but they've moved up a a, a tier. So he's already been playing at a decent level this season. So, like I said, if he hits the ground running, this would be a good signing for the Steelers. Yeah. 100%, buddy. Have we got anything else to add
0: on Traverse or Are we happy to leave it at that? Happy to leave it at that. So hopefully one of the next times that we're talking about a Departures Lounge, it will be us sat in the Departures Lounge ready to go to Belfast. Uh, that brings a close to the airport section for today. The next thing I've got on the agenda, boys, is probably the most exciting part of the agenda for today uh, because I've watched this video about three times and I've enjoyed watching this video about three times. Um, McNally. The Cardiff Devils um, got himself into a bit of an altercation in Dundee uh, last night in the Challenge Cup game. Uh, He started with a pretty run-of-the-mill, rough-up, turning into a fight. You're thinking, okay, fair enough. And then he carries it on. He's thinking, right. And then he carries it on. And it just... uh, Do you know what? I I remember showing this video. um, I showed it to my dad, I think. And I was just sitting there going, just wait... And he's going, oh, just wait. Oh, just wait. Don't worry. Just just, just, just keep waiting. And then he gets up. You see him shove another Dundee player. Absolutely lost the plot after he's been thrown out of the game. You see him get the 10. You see him get the game. Um, goes after another Dundee player. And then just if that isn't enough of an entertaining part about the video, a Dundee fan decides to sprint down from, uh, from his block. I don't even know what he was trying to do. Um, kudos to the Cardiff fan that grabbed hold of him to stop him, because um, yeah, God knows what would have happened with that one. But uh, an interesting turn of play, boys. I think so I'm going to headline that before I pass that over to you.
1: Uh, if we go down the the political correct route, um, you don't want to see fans running down and ticking on players, um, and you don't want players engaging with fans. You've seen them get multiple game bans. Matt Nickerson, I think the last one. Yeah, Nickerson's um, the best guy that came to my head. Yeah, of all places, Guildford probably took the tambourine off him. Uh, so you don't want to see it, let's be truthfully honest, from a politically correct perspective. But everyone who watched that will have had a little smirk, just a little bit of enjoyment of old days gone by, the good old days of old hockey where it was the Wild West. And yeah, you you know, professional leagues don't want to see that, and you don't. Let's be fair. You know, security should have stopped it. Fair play to Josh Batch, who prevented, but now they're going to that mm. may have got him permanently in the departure lounge and headed home. Um, but you all know, we all you know we all smirked. We're all like, you know, what on earth this? But let's watch again and again because you know this is the nature of hockey fans, and you kind of want to see. You, you, you sometimes enjoy the on-ice meltdowns, which I think McNally—it's fair to say McNally had a little bit of an on-ice meltdown. Um, interesting to see what uh, Dops comes up with. Um, you know, the Wheel of Fortune that it is. Uh, yeah, it made 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 for an entertaining Wednesday night. That's for sure.
2: I'd be lying if it didn't make me. Uh... <laughs> Sort of laugh a little bit. Um, You know, we all don't want that to happen, but um, you know, it it, it, it was just interesting because it's it's been, you know, a while since we saw it and just sort of loving it really. But uh, yeah, I don't know what was going through my other side, to be honest with you. It sort of reminded me uh, a few years ago of uh, an incident in the KHL. I can't remember. I think it was uh, one of the first seasons Red Star Kunlun was in the team. Uh, it was in the league, sorry. Uh, I'm not sure who it was against, but um, it was one player literally going after the whole team. He started on one player, then went to another, then went to another. And then i just to go to the bench and <laughs> offer everyone out. So Was that a pre-season game? I think it was.
1: Uh, and I want to say it was Estana. Or nurse Satale, Yeah, I think he yeah, was a star. Yeah, yeah. yeah, that was it. Anybody in a, in a different gym him, they were having it and he didn't care. And I think he was uh, on the next flight
2: home. <laughs> yeah.
1: They were like, yeah, that was Wild West.
2: It was indeed. I mean, um, <laughs> it almost happened again with Manella, but hopefully it wasn't there. Luckily, it wasn't to that extent. But, yeah, don't know what I was going through his head. I mean, if you just went into the box for you, for, for what you called on, everything, everything would have been okay, but look, but now he's looking at a, a potential fine, a, a potential, uh, suspension, so we'll just have to wait and see what happens with this, but, um, even if, well, if they even decide to do anything with it at all, that's, uh,
3: for sure i
0: just i just can't follow this one i mean it, to me it's literally just like he's just throwing his toys out of pram because um yeah just because they're losing i don't know it, it's just I, I can't work it out it's uh it's a bizarre one um an amusing one and i agree with you guys it made me laugh um a part of it made me laugh because I'm quite happy to see a Devils player get a few match ban. Because McNally is actually quite an influential player when he steps on the ice. Uh he can produce. Um and this happens. And uh, do you know what honestly he was doing it in the in the game against us on Saturday as well. Um there one point at the end of the second period where he got into a bit of a rough up with Jonna. Uh, and next minute he'd got him basically trying to start with Jonna and Jonna was literally just laughing square in his face. And it was fantastic because has one of the most like amusing to look at smiles. Like it just, it's just not like to laugh at, but it's just you see John or smile or laughing at a player, and it just makes you laugh with him. And uh, he literally just he kept laughing at him. And about three times McNally kept trying to evade the line. I was to get after Johnner because he was just laughing at him. Um, so yeah, I mean, I, I I don't really know what to say about this. He's, he's seen red um, the first time. Fair enough. He carries on the rough up on the floor, carries on the rough up a bit more on the floor, and like I say, gets up, starts on another Dundee player, and then very, very, very nearly got himself into something that he regret. Um, the KHL thing that you're referring to, I've just found the article on it. I think and the guy was actually given a lifetime ban for it. I think he ended up sucker punching about three players. Um, it was it was uh, Astana against cunlan and it was an, it was an Astana player apparently. It was the mere. I'm not trying to pronounce that, Rispayev. Um, That's the one. <laughs> but yeah, basically, yeah, I, it's, I could see it going that way, though. It was crazy. Um, it also kind of vaguely reminded me of David Broll in the uh, the incident with Guilford earlier on in the season, just with the way he just lost it. Um, I mean, David Broll at one point was throwing his own players around, and I, again, I could see McNally doing that. I mean, it's just, thank God Batch was, was big enough to be able to stop him from engaging with the fan rather than it being a smaller player. But... Um, yeah a bizarre one we'll we'll see what Dops have got to say about it Um, we will play a new game on the podcast I think it's uh, fair to say we're going to play Guess the Ban because usually we come to you after the Dops decision and because this happened last night we haven't had a Dops decision yet Uh, whether or not this is uploaded before the Dops decision is another matter but nobody needs to know that Uh, what are we thinking the ban's going to be gents Four games. I wish I wish it was going to be that, but it's going to end up being one game. See, I think it swings on whether or not they're deeming there's any abusive of official. Because for me, he's very close to landing a couple of punches on the linesman that's trying to hold him back. Um. If it's deemed in the same way that Broll was deemed to have abused official to try and car- carry on an altercation, I believe that was a three match ban for the abuse of official. I
1: think. Category, yeah.
0: Well, category. It was a max, category, yeah. In ban, wasn't it? So I think I'd say three games if it's deemed that he did physically abuse an official. And then I'd probably say an extra game or two for the roughing. So yeah, maybe four
1: or five games for me. Uh, uh, mines is the in, wants to be involved with the fam. I think that may top up uh, <clears throat> the suspension.
0: I, I could kind of see where Andy's coming from though. Genuinely, wouldn't surprise. Yeah. We saw him getting one game. Um, yeah, be pretty consistent with
2: our sort of numbers. so... <laughs>
0: I know we always talk about consistency like we always say consistency is key and the problem is the only time where it's not key is where for once a better word it's consistently crap and that's literally (laughs) what it has been so um let's hope that we're breaking a bad habit and that McNally gets the the proportionate ban and I'm sure we all agree we don't want well maybe from a selfish point of view as Steelers fans we want him to get as high a ban as possible but I'm sure we'll all agree that we also don't want the ban to be too disproportionate and it go too high you know as long as they give kind of a proportionate, I'd say four or five games would be proportionate from what he's done Um, we'll see but no I agree with you Andy as well I could see it being one game I just I just hope that they see sense on this one Uh, anything else to add on McNally seeing shaking heads Uh, So, we're going to move away from uh, from the Elite League for a while. Uh, We're going to move to the Olympics. And uh, I'm going to throw this to Dave, because it was Dave that said, let's add this to the agenda.
1: So, the Olympics. Possibly no greater tournament in hockey. Not even the world champs. There's something very special about the Olympics. Everyone knows about the uh, the miracle that team in the 1980s. What about the Ala- uh, sorry? What about the Aladdin Cup? Surely that's that's up there. No, that's put in <laughs> its place. <laughs> <laughs> the Aladdin you Cup have, uh, win
0: it and don't even get to touch the trophy.
1: Yeah, the the, the 2002 uh, Canada goal where they put uh, the the coin on center ice before they put the uh, the ice across, but there's a good luck charm. Mm. Um, many stories over the years Lundqvist's uh, first season Pro wins goals for Sweden um, And that's On the horizon But there's an interesting development In respect of the 12th Place team that will be taking part And that's been confirmed This weekend, that's the hosts, China Now you'd think, obviously The host nation should have a spot in the tournament yeah, it Makes sense But then you look at the group that they're in. And if anybody's not aware, we'll, we'll tell you now. Germany, decent occupation. USA, decent occupation. <laughs> Canada, just to top things off. Should be. <laughs> and you have to wonder the scorelines of how bad it's going to be with uh, China still having involvement. The talk of Kunlun being built into the KHL to give them the base to have a competitive team. And, well, everyone who keeps an eye on the KHL knows that Cundland haven't been a competitive... I don't even think they've made the postseason season yet. Um, and I, I just... I'm not going to lie to you guys. I'm, I'm a bit worried um, for the for the tournament's integrity to have China in that tournament. There would talk of, if they didn't go, it would, Norway would be the team that would replace them. And they would be at least competitive. My my concern is you're going to have at least two easily double-figure games when they play Canada and USA. Now, you watched it when Great Britain played both Canada and USA and the World Champs in Slovakia. And we all kind of thought these are going to be double-figure games. And fair play, Great Britain was able to compete, was able to give them a game of some description, in particular the USA game, Canada's nowhere near the level of gB so i I'm, I'm worried about that one. Um, the other groups just to for reference the Russian Olympic Committee of the Czech Republic, Switzerland, and Denmark, and then Group C Finland Sweden, Slovakia Latvia um, some interesting matchups there uh, across the three groups, and also what's happened you see the shirts being revealed. And I know we've been discussing it in our chat, as in, what record of this shirt and that shirt? And I, I think there's only been, like, two or three decent shirts across the teams that have revealed so far. I, I think the shirts have been disappointing. Canada,
0: Sweden are the two, for me, that have been...
1: I, I'm Canada, the black jersey. Yep. Um, I'm not a fan of the red jersey. I just think that... It, the, the colour combos, I think, just makes it go missing, but the, the outline on it for the black jersey makes it really, you know, a bit of a standout. Sweden, classic. You can't remember yeah. but it's classic. Finland. Oh, yeah, I forgot about Finland. Blue Finland jersey. Yeah. Um, they're the nice ones so far. I know there's a few teams that I haven't released their shirts yet, but um, they're the ones so far. Uh, I, don't, I don't go like USA's. Yeah. Russian Olympic Committee. Me. Yeah. Uh, Switzerland. Me. No. <laughs> um, so I think there's just Slovakia, Latvia, Denmark, and the Czech Republic in Germany to uh, reveal theirs. So we may have a few more decent ones in the mix. I'm hoping um,
0: Latvia. I like, theirs, the mar- I like the maroon colour. Theirs is a, a solid
3: jersey, full stop. Mm. So Yeah.
2: Yeah, I'm, I mean, try and name a, a notable uh, player from China. It's very, very difficult. And um, looking at the group they're in, just it just screams RIP China to me. Uh, that's going to be a very, very difficult group. I mean, looking at the Kunlun team, you can pretty much imagine that most of the players playing for China will be... Of Kunlun team, and the only notable player I can see on there is Brandon Yip, who has played a fair few games in the NHL, but again he's 36 years old, uh, and like they said, if you have seen uh, the form of Kunlun, they're pretty pretty terrible. Uh, it's got to be said; they're not really challenged. Since I've entered the league, uh, they did start playing in, in China itself in their first couple of years. But they are, and I, I believe they are still now, on the Chinese-Russian border.
1: They 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 are in based in Moscow, uh, but that's purely down to COVID. Yeah. Um. So they're currently based out in, in I think I want to say Viteys, um, the, the district of Moscow yeah, team. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, I think I think that's the one they're using as their. Uh, temporary home base but they have been playing at like, Beijing and Shanghai
2: yeah pre-COVID as well but we the, the, were on on the border I, I can't remember uh, the place name but was literally on the border between China and Russia uh, not really getting much of a crowd down either so uh, it's been something the best sort of few years for them but you can sort of imagine when you obviously you have in order to grow the game in China you have got to have uh, Chinese players on your team and obviously, because there's not really really any well-renowned players from from that sort of country, you are going to struggle uh, in, in terms of forming the league. But yeah, it, it's it's, it's going to be difficult for them. I'm um, no mistake about that. But you've you, you've got to have a host nation nation there. I mean, without having your host nation involved in a tournament, there's, there's there's not gonna be um, gonna be much of a crowd there at all, so you've got to include them in order to um obviously get get the attendance if, if they are still allowed attendance by then uh'll just wait and see what happens but um but yeah it, it it's 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 gonna be difficult for them uh <laughs> yeah, putting it politely really
0: I just can't follow this one at all um I understand that from a world champs perspective that the hosts obviously are going to be a part of it. Just because you're hosting the Olympics doesn't give you, in my eyes, a legitimate reason to automatically have your team entered into that sport. We're talking a, a, a we're talking a competition like Dave said at the highest level. You know, every single player, every single person who's ever played a sport, if ever there was going to be a pipeline dream, it would be to play for your country in the Olympics. You know, and we're talking about the highest level of competition with every winter sport, you know, going pretty much. It's not like it's like the world champs where it'd be a bit futile to hold it in wherever and not have that team involved. You know, it's not like that at all. And I I just don't understand how there's any logic, there's any reason behind including them. And the thing is, it's not even like it's been unfair to China. Because to me, my biggest concern is, what's going to happen to this Chinese hockey team? You know, it's it's not a great look for for the tournament. It's not a great look in terms of the integrity of it and... Um, you know the overall honour of playing in that tournament. If the host just get an automatic buy to play in that, in you know in the, on that platform. But also, what kind of score lines are we going to see here? It's insane. I'm um, gonna I mean, give you a fun fact. The first player um, to make it in the NHL of Chinese descent was a player called Al- Andon Song, and he was born in 1997. He was drafted in a 2015 NHL entry draft, and he was drafted by the New York Islanders. So there's a fun fact for you. Uh, I think that really tells you all you need to know that the first Chinese player drafted in the NHL was drafted in 2015. In the last six years, um, I just I don't know if there's much more to say about this. But I just don't I just don't see it. I don't see it at all. I mean, I don't I don't agree with Russia being able to be involved if they're banned. That 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 in itself, to me, is an irritation that we have. Russia aren't allowed to take part because of previous scandals and issues with. I believe it was doping was the reason that they, that they were they weren't in, but then they can just come in under a different name. So apparently, if Kuznetsov's currently trying to change his name by Depol, so he can still play. Um, so that that in itself irritates me, but at least Russia as far I don't think any of us are gonna argue that as far as it would go, if Russia are eligible to play, Russia fully deserve a spot on that platform. You you wouldn't be the same without having a Russian team there. Wouldn't be the same without seeing the Great Eight playing in the Olympics and it's great to see NHL players being allowed in the, in this again. China like we've already said, um, you know, Conland Red Star don't outperform in the KHL. They're probably are they that are they one of the lowest teams or the the lowest team in the KHL. I don't really follow KHL all that much.
1: They they rumble around the, the bottom four across the board, not just in their conference.
0: And presumably that will be with imports included. It's not yeah, yeah. like all of Chinese descent. Now yeah. we're talking a team that should should all be of Chinese descent. Um I just I don't know the mind boggles as to what scorelines we're going to see here
1: uh, the interesting one to me as well because they had the same thing with Korea in the, the previous Winter Olympics but Korea actually made I think it was over a year or two before the Olympics they actually made the, the top tier of the world champs um, coach and I think still coached by Jim Pack uh, ex-Panthers legend um, so they they invested in their programme did what some countries done in helps their players get uh, Korean passports, but of a decent standard of, of hockey play. Um, but uh, it just hasn't worked for the, the Cunland team. So I, I'm with you. I'm, I'm, it's, it's, very, it's concerning as to the score lines that you're going to see. And it just become, makes it a little bit of a mockery.
0: I know one thing for that's interesting for me when we look at it, I mean, we're talking the top 12 teams. Realistically, you would be expecting to see the top 12 teams in the world, give or take, in this this tournament. Looking at the world champs and the way it's been going over the last few years, is it not nice to even just be able to kind of mention that if China wasn't in this, you would expect not necessarily GB to be the the team that step in, but at least
1: to be in the conversation? You know, I don't... They wouldn't be, sadly, in the conversation for that spot. I think it would be Norway. No, but Um, we're talking about a team... However, yeah. Yeah. As for the next round of of the uh, the pick qualifications, which is in Milan and Cortina. So the hockey has actually been been played in Cortina. Um, I hope it's a new arena because that one's very retro. Um, And I think with the recent efforts of GB, they'll be actually in the final round of qualifying Um, instead of having to play the, the round before. So, you know... Probably Oslo, Riga, or Bratislava. Um, they, t- t- they tend to host the um, the the games. I think it's it's normally the top nine at, at a certain point, and then ten downwards because um, into the qualifying section for the Olympics. And the yeah. previous two, it's been the top eight because Korea and China obviously aren't in the top twenty, never mind the top eight and nine. So I think Italy. It, Possibly could even be the same for Italy, but they're not that far from the top section. So it's not like it's as much of a disproportionate to one
3: with
0: China hosting it and being in the tournament. Yeah. I'm just looking at that Group E in the final Olympic qualification. The final Olympic qualification, Group D, was Slovakia, Belarus, Austria, Poland. And obviously Slovakia went through. Group F was Norway, Denmark, Korea, Slovenia. And obviously, Denmark went through. Group E, you have at least, in fairness, at least three teams that could have been in the conversation
1: to be to be playing Latvia, France, and Italy. That would have been the group that GB would have gone to had they beat Hungary. Yeah. And Crazy. All the, 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 the sad thing is, on the good day, each of the three teams are beatable.
0: Yeah. Who knows? Next time. Always next time. But yeah, boy, I mean, tracking back to China, I just, I, I don't even think there's anything else to say. I think the, the honest answer is just baffled and um, I, I don't even know. I if I was China, I'd be stepping aside myself because I just i they, what what they're not gonna get any dignity out of it, they're not gonna get anything out of this other than an absolute pasting. So we'll wait and see. But uh yeah. Have we got we got anything else to add on China or are we happy to leave it at? They're gonna get it pasted, let's move on. Sounds no problems, right? So the next thing I have NHL twenty-two. Um Dave, you, I mean, again, you you suggested this being added to the agenda, mate, so I, I've got a vague idea, but I'll throw it over to you to give more detail.
1: So, yeah, it's, it's its more of a bit of a um, big moment in, in terms of hockey recognition because now the, the IIHF have got an agreement with EA Sports. So from NHL 22 onwards, you will now have World Championships teams, as they are, and not just throw some names and um, Mock up some jerseys. So you now have the opportunity to have Great Britain, Jonathan Phillips, Rob Dow, um, Blackovich, Sir Ben Davies on the game if they make the, uh, the roster for Finland. Um, for me though, the bigger thing is that not only so you've got the junior set, the junior world champions well to play, you also will have the chance to play with the women's world championships. Which I think is a, a humongous moment of the recognition of not just the game but also the women's side of the game, and I think it's the first game that has recognised both the men's and the women's side on their leading game that they say. So I don't, I don't think NBA have the women's basketball. I don't think American football have any women's American no, football. No, Madden doesn't have it on. I'm pretty confident the baseball one doesn't. So in terms of them big four games in North America, to, to be the first one to have the women involved, I, I just think it's a huge moment. I think it's a great moment, and it kind of it's the, it's one of one of the when you say it's hockey for everyone. Well, here's your example now where it actually is because now it's not just you know kids can play their start the, the people they look up to and the stars and I. Girls can actually now look at, and you know, like Hillary Knight and, and players of her could now be on there, and girls could go, oh, I don't want to be that person. I, I just think it's a, it's a, it's a great thing. That's it's it for years. We all play at Great Britain to see if we can do something. And you just get some absolute random names. So to now actually see our own shirts and our, our their own players, oh, I'm looking forward. To it. May even, may even, let me open the wallet and make a purchase. I haven't got NHL for ages. I think this one
2: may do. It's been a long time coming for all this. An absolute long time coming. In terms of GB and the jerseys themselves, I mean the actual logo, the actual jersey. Last time we had that in NHL was two thousand five. From two thousand six onwards, they went decided to oh I'll I'll, I'll just be boring. I'll just do the flag on the sleeves and the flag on the on the chest and then invent. Names like Kevin Rawlings and Chris Smallenberg and Martin Kell, who have never ever, who just made up players, I never ever played for GB. So, cause to go from that to where we are now is amazing, but it should have happened a long time ago. Uh, especially for the sake of the women's as well. Uh, I believe FIFA first introduced... The women's international teams. Uh, I believe that was twenty seventeen. I think it was. It's around that time. So to do this now, you know, is a massive, massive point for the sport. Because one thing you want is to have everyone buying skin, not just the guys, you know. Uh, but this is going to be a massive market for for the women as well. They're going to want they're going to want to buy this game, and. I think a massive turning point to where we are now and and why they've implemented this is Kendall Collins-Schofield. Because watching her is absolutely blister around uh, the rink in the All-Star competition. And and just showing that she can compete with the guys. I think that was a massive turning point to where they're coming to this sort of decision. Because obviously there is a bit of a Gap in terms of um, skill and ability, obviously. Um, but you know, since Kendall did that and put in that massive lap time, that they've actually thought about. You know what? We'll just include. We'll include everyone, uh, and it's it's just great to see. And again, <laughs> a long time coming, but it's nice to see that that they are uh, thinking about things like this, because it's been a long time since since, since uh, anyone's really done anything like this in, in, in games, so it's, it's just fantastic, absolutely fantastic, and um, like I said, to, to try the actual squad names as well, instead of some made-up people, it's fantastic. Uh, I, I, and I believe they've also included three new international teams for the first time in I don't know how long, but I believe they've included Hungary, Estonia, uh and is it Slovenia? I think it's M three, but they have been included into the game and that and that's great. You know, but you should be doing you should have everyone really. Every sort of team that they should include. Hmm. Um, same for the game itself. i I I think they need some more leagues in there. One hundred percent, you know they the should include the, the Magnus League uh, and the, the Norwegian League which had two leagues um, sorry two teams uh, a while ago I believe they had um, the, the Oilers Stavanger Oilers and uh, another team I don't remember who it was but sort of went away from that again and you know just want some more leagues in there maybe maybe the, the, the Elite League one day maybe It'd uh, be great to see. But, yeah, this is step in the great direction. And, uh, yeah, just it's 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 that like incentive now that's made me want to buy it. And it's been a long time since I've had that uh, with, with the NHL series. So uh, this is fantastic. Great news.
0: I'll say from a personal point, I, I always buy NHL. I don't have NHL 22 yet. It's probably going to be the first one in a long line of NHLs that I I wasn't going to buy. Um, primarily because they've changed the gameplay on it, and I'm not as good on NHL 22 as I was on NHL 21. Um, But yeah, it's a huge step forward. I mean, taking the joke out of it, you know, it's a huge step forward. From a personal point, seeing things like you said, Andy, not having fake names on GB, Adam Smith and... God knows what else. The best. This is the best part about watching, G, like, seeing the GB team on there it was literally like all these fake names, and then there was just Ben Bounds and Liam Kirk for half the time. Um, so you know, it's great not to see fake names. It's great to be able to see like the proper players in there. Um, I think it opens the doors to having a lot more teams and a lot more leagues in there. Again, from a personal point, hope that it's not long before we see the elite league. Um. The one that really baffles me, but then also doesn't baffle me, is in there is the KHL. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, hopefully this opens the door for that. Um, from that point, you then obviously have you know the women's hockey side of things, and, and that is an absolutely huge step. Um, like you said, Dave, I, I can't think. Well, the only other game that I can think of for EA Sports that's included like the women's section of it is UFC. Um, And from that perspective, I mean, realistically, it's a little bit different uh, in that I don't think there's a huge difference in terms of of kind of interest between men's and women's UFC. UFC for me is is interesting to watch for men's and women's, um, which I'm not saying isn't the same for different sports. But I think there is more interest in women's UFC than there is in other uh, women's leagues. So certainly there there certainly isn't in Madden. Uh, one thing I'm not sure of Dave you said the EA Sports baseball game um, have they made an EA a baseball game in a long
1: time I think the last one they made was 2005 I can't at remember the- I was just kind of going down the line because I know there has been one I, yeah. I had one years ago but the major four North American sports um, yeah fact, you know, we'll, we'll, we'll google it whilst we're uh, recording because that's not going to bug me Um <laughs> I've had a quick Google. I
0: think it's, I think the last gen, I genuinely think the last one was 2005. But I mean, it, it doesn't detract from the point. I mean, it's, it's. It's a seriously, seriously big step. I really hope that the next thing that we can see is when we're talking about other leagues being included. I really hope one of the other leagues that we can see being included is the Premier Hockey Federation, uh, that formerly was known as the National Women's Hockey League. Uh, if we can start to see women's leagues coming into there as well as like the women's international teams. Uh, that that'd be absolutely incredible. Um, like you say, Andy, it would increase interest from people buying it. I also think it'd increase interest in people watching the women's side of the sport because you you watch it, and it's this it, you know it's very very entertaining to watch. Um, you saw the Olympic qualifiers on Premier Sports for for the women's team, and that that was incredible watching the women's GB play. Um, you know, and I, I hope it really really does increase that. Um, We've seen a lot of kind of shifts in, in in terms of gender in the sport recently. Like you say, Andy, it was a huge step forward for the NHL to have Kendall Coyne Schofield doing what she did. It then followed with the controversy that they weren't going to give her the prize money because she actually set the fastest lap time, but she wasn't included in the competition because she was just there almost as, a, as an exhibition Um, or a PR stunt in the first instance for the NHL and she really showed that she wasn't just there for a PR stunt or an exhibition she was there to show what women's hockey is about and she absolutely did that Um, you saw it in terms of was it it a world champs where um, you had the women's team being given hair straighteners and the men's team being given tissot watches Um, it was um, a challenge series uh, Canada of Finland yeah so you you see, I mean there was there was obviously a very um prominent reporter for a long time or commentator for a long time in NHL broadcasts that has recently been removed from NHL broadcasts for um being quite well known for chauvinistic and sexist comments and sexist outlooks on it. Um, so you've seen kind of shifts up and down in terms of, of the kind of gender equality side in, in hockey and this is a huge step forward it's great to see um you know the women's side being included in the game and um again as as we say we we say more and more at the moment long may it continue uh and i think uh, this is probably the most appropriate time that we've said it out of the lot um other things obviously being included world junior championships and things like that absolutely fantastic so huge step forward for the game in terms of the video game and absolutely would um convince me to buy it but also huge step forward for the sport as a whole and as i say i really hope that i can invest some interest in other sections not just you know the women's side but you know in the world junior championships that doesn't necessarily always get the um the PR that it probably should for a competition of young players that want to make a name for themselves. So hopefully across the board increases interest, but primarily as well, like we're saying in the women's world champs and the women's side of the game, because that would just be great. It'd be absolutely fantastic to see. And, uh, it really has to be said, hats off to EA sports for, uh, for making that move and the double
2: IHF for coming to that agreement. Um, we we'll move on from, yeah, oh. sorry. Um, we mentioned about the KHL job, last time they were in it was twenty ten and that was the only year they were included in in the in game. So I'm I'm not sure why that haven't been since. Uh but that's for us to speculate. It's probably the rights. It's why yeah. they don't have all the other leagues
1: in mate. Probably they don't be able to agree the rights to have them and the names of the teams. Um But I would be good to get the KHL teams.
2: Yeah.
0: I suspect it, I mean, if you read the, well, I'm on the EA Sports website and I'm on the EA Sports headline for them announcing the, the, the kind of inclusion of the IHF. and the way it's phrased is the IHF licence is coming to NHL 22. So that sounds to me like they've made that agreement with the IHF. Whether or not it is more difficult to come to an agreement with the KHL, we know that the KHL kind of want to set the name for themselves as the best league um you know, obviously, it is a primarily a, a Russian league with a lot of other top-end players playing, and we know that they're the league that want to rival the NHL. So whether or not it's just a case that they don't want to be in the NHL game because they see they don't see any any benefit to being in that, I don't know. We can only speculate, but yeah, I would imagine it's something to do with the license and the agreement with the league. Um, but I'd love to see it. I'd love to see it. if nothing else. I, I like flicking through NHL and just looking at the jerseys. And uh, we've said many a times between us. I don't know whether we've said it much on the podcast, but if ever you're in a, um, you fancy the Jersey Hall and you're hoping to to buy a few jerseys, definitely give a look at some of the KHL ones because the designs that they put out are knock out of the park. Um, so yeah, it's uh, it'd be nice to see them. But you know, hopefully this is a big step forward, and, and maybe that then makes the game more accessible as a whole, and maybe that makes the KHL see some value in having themselves included in it. Absolutely. have we got anything else to add on NHL 22 gents no I'm shaking hands again it's radio it's radio it's not video um, <laughs> <laughs> so uh, we said before we're going to play a new game and playing Guess the band we're now going to come to a new section uh, and the reason for this new section is we've opened up our discussion group that we said we were going to open up two weeks ago um, So we're currently adding people to it. Um, So, yeah, hopefully, if you listen you want to be included in it and you've not been added to it already, drop us a message on Facebook uh, or drop us a tweet and we'll add you to that group. The basic principle to the group is we can discuss what's going to be included. It's more of an open forum where people can ask us questions and discuss things and we can go from there. Um, So the reason for this new introduced group is we have... Two questions to discuss this week, gents. Been a long time since we've gone um, gone with questions, or as they'd say on a a particular comedy uh, comedy podcast, questions from the public. Anybody who listens to Shag Married Annoyed, Um, yeah, it's been a long time since we've had questions. So we're going to put these two out. Andy, I'm going to apologise to you straight away because me and Dave went through these a little bit before we started the podcast uh, and in being late to the party, you might have missed the time to uh, to prep for this so you are going to be thrown into the deep end a That's little That's fine, well, it'll be interesting
1: We'll just start throwing you under the bus,
0: it's fine <laughs> In fact, I'll tell you what I'll do, so I'll read the two questions first okay. The first question that we're going to discuss I suspect will be the easier one to discuss without any forethought So what we'll do, I'll tell you both questions now. If you want to kind of be having a think about the last question, because it is about picking players, if you want to have a think about kind of the last question while we're doing the first one, it's up to you. But I'll let you know so you've got a heads up, just in case you haven't seen them already. Uh, The first question will be from Ash Rose. Um, Will be, should the league start playing both national anthems at games? such as playing the Welsh National Anthem as well as the English National Anthem, British National Anthem, however you want to phrase it, uh, or Flower of Scotland and things like that. Um, Obviously, if you've got two different nationality teams, currently it's just the home team National Anthem that's played. Um, So, yeah, that's question one. And question two. um, Previous person who used to probably send the majority of the questions before when we used to ask the public... um, the public that sounded very bizarre Um, Craig Day asks um, which players throughout the league have impressed slash surprised slash dismayed you so far so Dave and I were kind of breaking this down and trying to come up with a player for each of those Uh, I actually think between me and Dave we also both came up with a player that we thought had been underrated in the past just as an extra subgenre to that so if you want to have a think about that mate Nice one, cheers. Yeah, so we could go through the first question first, give you a bit of time to have a think. Uh, I I suspect I know which way the first question is going to go, just because I think it's probably something, if we've not spoken about on the podcast before, it's certainly something we've spoken about between the two of us, or two of us, between the four of us even. Um, Which is obviously, as I say, should we be playing both national anthems when we have two nationalities in a game?
1: Yes. End of. Okay, move on. So next question. <laughs> um, I'll say that though, if we if we do do it, teams need to get on the ice earlier. Presentations need to start earlier, so that we don't start games at ten minutes past the hour. Nice.
3: About that, yeah. Let's have them. Adds to the
1: spectacle. I know some people don't like the anthems, and I appreciate it, you can't have the anthems in Northern Ireland for the obvious reasons, and it's not a knock on that. I think that's a a wise and progressive uh, move on that, but where you can have them, let's have them. Add add to the the drama of the event and and everything, let's do it. People say international is different because that's how it's a different set of way, the winning team gets the anthem. Friendlies, you have both anthems. You know, I know the KHL do both anthems. I know the the old EBL league, the both anthems. What's trying NHL?
0: NHL will play both if they're playing a Canadian versus American team. Yeah, they do. In fact, Buffalo will play both just because they're relatively close to the border. So they generally play both on a on a game by game basis, even if it's a US versus US team.
2: This is, this is probably where I. Uh, <laughs> Roughly a few feathers maybe, but um, yes, I would like to see both anthems played. Um, I think it'd be great. But then again, I think I, I'm on the side where I'd rather have no anthems at all, un- unless it's a final or something like that, or like first game of the season. Um, That's just how I feel about them. You know, I mean, football over here, don't use them. Um, a lot of sports don't um, I just don't really see the need to have them unless it's for an occasion like a final uh, that that's just my thoughts on that
0: It's an interesting point to me I never actually thought about it that way around to be fair um, I like the international side um, and having it in it with the winner because I will all say this Dave you'll say this from a GB point of view and from a like a European tournament point of view but I mean we were all there in Denmark we all know how special well we were all there in Denmark both times we know how special it is to stand there and listen to your national anthem being played after you've won that game obviously it's not something you could do at home because 90% of the time you're going to be hearing the same anthem regardless of who wins so it's not really the same spectacle I'm kind of honestly Andy you've kind of torn me with this I kind of, I'd like to see both. If we're going to continue with national anthems, part of me is because I quite like "Flower of Scotland" and the Welsh national anthem. So I kind of, you know, from that perspective, I, I would kind of like to see both. It is kind of like you're going through emotions before a Steelers game when you're listening to the national anthem, game in, game out. But at the same time, I think we've now got to the point where that's just—it's be- become a part of the game and it's become a part of the kind of build-up to the game. I honestly don't—I don't know how I'd feel if it wasn't there. Just because it's just been a thing, and you're right—they don't do it in football. Um, you know, I, I don't know. I honestly don't know how I would feel with it not being there because we've
1: had it for so long. I think I'm still on the side of keeping it. Uh, I mean, actually, they Sorry. do at football, they have, for the Champions League games, they do play the Champions League anthem. So football does have that, um, just as a point of
0: reference. The, yeah, but they, but instead of having the national anthem, they have the Champions League.
1: So they have an anthem played. So the, the, the concept of an anthem played before a game. That, see, that's similar to what they do in the Grand Prix, they have the Grand Prix anthem or whatever. Yeah.
0: But yeah, now so yeah, fair enough. Um, yeah, can you imagine if we had an elite league anthem, elite league dops anthem? Spin the wheel. Um, sorry. Uh, <laughs> yeah, good, I don't. Like that. I think I genuinely think I'd like us to keep it. But my my feathers aren't as ruffled as I would have expected, Andy. After after you saying that, because I don't, I can see your point, and I. I don't buy into the it taking too long before face-off. I kind of, I don't know. I don't see it being an issue if the face-off supposed to be 7 o'clock and it starts at 10 past, other than just poor planning. um. But, yeah, I, yeah, I don't know. I, I'd quite, I'd, yeah, I'd still like to see them, but I wouldn't be disappointed if they weren't there. I think it would feel more unnatural than anything
1: else. I must admit when I said about the timing I think that was more poor planning than having um, yeah I mean Andy's point about the sports in the UK we don't tend to have Anthem before and is very good point um, the only thing I'd say you kind of uh, I'm, I'm going to say man, let's keep them it's a hockey thing it's the thing that is that's hockey apart from the obvious exception It's, it's that's the whole thing so I yeah I did
3: you know keep it structure it better add to the show i i I mean I'll address the Northern Ireland side of things when
0: it comes to Belfast. I'd like to see him start doing you know, these are my colours video again and I, I I admit when I was younger and I saw the video I didn't really understand the point behind it I didn't understand the relevance of the colours and whatever else. And it just seemed a bit of a bizarre video, but I, I quite I like the idea behind it. You know, we we like the fact that we say all the time that hockey is unlike any sport, and that it brings kind of it brings fans of every team together. Um, you know, and you, and you go and watch, and it's not about politics, it's not about anything else, it's about two fans from two different teams go and watch their teams play, and then go and have a pint together at the end of the game, particularly in Belfast, particularly when Rockies used to be open. Um, I I'd kind of like that. I, as far as I remember, they've stopped doing the video now. Last time we went to Belfast, I don't seem to remember seeing the "These Are My Colors" video. I mean, correct me if I'm wrong, guys. But I would kind of like to see it come back. Agreed. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, I think that yeah. Anything else on that question? It was slightly more split than I expected because you really tore my my mind there, Andy. I I still don't really know where I sit on that one. Um, Yeah. Anything else to add? No. No. No problems. Right. Okay. Uh, Over to Craig's question then. Players throughout the league have impressed, surprised, dismayed you so far. It's the so far bit that disappointed Dave because he had a guy straight off the bat. If it had been in the
1: past. So if we me and you Joe would do our players, if gives earned a bit more time to put this together. Yeah. Um so I'll i start. So my impressed. Um got a bit of a The uh, high skill, speed, Uh, very impressed. And you thought you thought you could do something good. I was, I'm was. i more than impressed with what he's doing. He's doing a lot more than just something good. So he's my impressed player. My surprise, I had to go for three players. I couldn't, I picked one when we talked about it, but then I saw a couple of the names mentioned, and I'm like, actually, no, I'm being surprised how good they've been and, and everything. And so the one I mentioned to Joe uh Lindersock, the Guilford, the goalie, he had a good resume, but I didn't expect him to be as... Stand out as he has been. Um, so that's a good, but two Cardiff players of the surprise because I, as much as their resumes thought they may be okay in terms of the point of production, I feel that they've stepped up a bit. And that's Sanford and Reed. Um, been good. They have turned out to be, you know, so far good additions to the Devils. Uh, so they're the three that I have in the surprise. I don't have a dismayed person. And we can joke and say uh, Springer just because Gref's not on the on the podcast because he's doing whatever he's doing at this, this evening, but now that I've not had one player that I've kind of gone, you're poor, aren't you? Not had one player that that's that's hit that uh, the marker. And so for me, the underrated player from I've this year or years gone by. I've gone years gone by. Uh, Andy may remember him. Jeff Glover, Paul Stingrays. Yeah was always a guy getting points, always a guy at the top of the points of that club, but never got recognition he deserved. Um, and I'm not going to lie, I would have loved to have seen him in this one season in a Steelers shirt, but he was whole from through. You were not parting him from uh, the whole arena and the uh, spicy chips. But that was, that was the player that I had as my underrated
0: Chips and gravy for me and Hull. I never went for the chip spice. It was the chips and gravy. Chip spice was, yeah. It was nice, but
1: the chips and gravy. You had to to time it. Get downstairs to the canteen, get the food, take it back upstairs. That was one of the the best things to to watch from the bar. That was,
0: uh, yeah. Military military operation, getting the chips and gravy or the chips and chip spice at the end of the period. Absolutely. Um, As far as mine go player that has impressed me and it's not necessarily because well obviously it's impressed rather than surprised uh, so it's not necessarily because I didn't expect him to be a good player but I do like seeing him up there, he is a Brit and I like Scott Conway uh, you've seen him have multi point, multi goal games for the Giants uh, he's currently 19 points from 13 games in the league um, plus a minus of plus 15 uh, which is absolutely insane. If you put that on to Challenge Cup, uh, he's the top point scorer in the Challenge Cup. Nine games, 16 points and a plus minus of plus five. Uh, absolutely insane point production in the league and Cup. His second top point scorer in the league. Um, so absolutely unreal. Great addition for Belfast and the added benefit of he's a Brit as well. Uh, We picked him out as one of their guys to watch, I think, if memory serves, or at least one of their standout signings. Uh, And my God, he hasn't disappointed yet. Um, And to coin our new favourite phrase, as he's a Brit, long may it continue. Um, Surprised? I've kind of gone with a cop-out here because I've gone with the two top point scorers in the league. My player that surprised me the most is Michael McNicholas. Um... And he is currently the top point scorer in the league as we're talking now. Fifteen games, twenty points. Um, and I mean that in itself was a bit of a surprise, and I don't think any of us really saw it coming. The highlight well the, the headlines were very much around kind of Brody Reed, um, absolutely smashing it in terms of goal scoring. I think he was top point scorer for a while. Fife underperforming, underperforming, all of a sudden they start to step the game up. And then all of a sudden you see the Elite League tweeting saying Michael McNicholas is the top point scorer of the league. And you're thinking, a five player? I, I, it's just craziness. I mean, he played for three teams last year in the ECHL. Uh, he played for Utah Grizzlies, Indy Fuel, Tulsa Oilers. Across the three teams he played th- I'm now going to top this up in my head, 51 games. And he scored 25 points, who was shy of 0.5 points per game. I know that we're going to say that the ETHL is a slightly was well, higher level in the elite league. You do see a number of players coming over here and doing decent jobs after after getting you know 0.7, 0.8 points per game overall. Uh, so to be getting about 0.45 points per game, okay, looked like he could do something, but. I certainly wouldn't have had him in the remit for a top-point scorer in the league. Um, Certainly not with the way that Fife have been performing as well. Um, Dismayed, I've not necessarily... Dismayed's probably not the right word. I think the other way that uh, that Craig phrased the question was who is not living up to expectations. Uh, Honest answer from me on that one. Uh, And I've lost him on the actual thing now because I had him up earlier. Ah, there we go. Is Darcy Murphy... And he was one of the guys that, cause I think it was me that, um, I don't know if I, I, think I picked players from Belfast when we did that kind of side of things. We were picking players from each, I think. My, one of my guys to pick from Belfast to watch was Darcy Murphy. We know what he did in the past when he played for them. I honestly thought he was going to be a guy that came in and absolutely tore the league apart like he did last time. Currently, he's played 10 games and he scored two points. And that is not what we remember of Darcy Murphy and if there's any Belfast fans that are listening to this thinking that I'm an absolute melon for saying that because he's been playing really well then please let me know we've seen Belfast play once and all we can go off is the stats and I certainly expected Darcy Murphy to be having better stats than that Um, I mean I don't know what you guys think on that one but yeah I I certainly expected it say 10 games 2 goals 2 points Uh, Challenge Cup 6 games 0 points so in total 16 games played 2 points and that is not what we remember of Darcy Murphy contrast that to the 1819 season where he got 77 points in 58 games uh he so he's my player that i think has been underwhelming so far hasn't lived up to expectations is probably the, the perfect way of phrasing that um and as Dave went for his underrated player of past, I'll give you my underrated player of past. It's not quite as past as Dave's. Um, however, and I'm going home, on this one. My underrated player was Jared Hagos. And I remember watching him play in Sheffield. And I, I I don't think we've ever seen a player since that got in the dirty areas of the rink like Jared Hagos did. Uh, and he got absolutely... Hammered every single game because he put his body on the line to get the puck in the dirty areas. Um, Wasn't one of the top players that year, wasn't one of the guys that was at the forefront of the conversation. Uh, But for me, I'd assign him in a heartbeat. I thought he was quality.
3: Right, okay. So, my.
2: um, I've got to give a shout out to these players because Martin Latel, I don't don't think there's many faster than him in this league. Uh, He's. Speed has really, really surprised me. Uh, a great addition for the Steelers. Uh, all Scott's can mention to Brodie Reid. Uh, absolutely tearing the league up. So, fantastic, fantastic news for him. But I, I thought I'd, I'd go with a few different players just to make things up a bit. So, players I'm impressed by, first of all, is Guilford's Jake Bolton. Uh, a very young player. He's, he's 29 years old, but... You know, he's played in this league like he's been here for, for many years. Um he's had a few couple of seasons uh in the CHL with Atlanta, which is at Wheeling, Florida, Quad City and Greenville, and also Worcester. So he's been quite and around quite a bit in the uh, East Coast League, but um he he's produced. he's produced pretty good. Uh I had a few seasons in Scandinavia or should I say a season and a half before coming to Guildford and currently, he's got 11 points in 15 games, uh, and you know, as a D-man, that is great point production. But also, um, he's he's a very steady D-man as well, so he can play both both uh, offensive and and, and defensive. Uh, and that just very very impressed me so far. Uh, secondly, uh, players I I'm impressed by. Uh, sorry, players that surprised me. Um, first, I'm going to go with Manchester's Adam Brady. Uh, this is his second season pro after playing for Kansas in the East Coast like last season. 36 points in 57 there. But he's got 17 points in 15 for Manchester so far. And, uh, yeah. For a guy who's only, it's his second pro season, I think that's fantastic. So, great credit to, uh, to Adam Brady. Uh, secondly, I had to go with a Brit, of, of course, uh, with myself. But, uh, you know, Ollie better has really, really impressed me. Really impressed myself so out far this season. I uh, he's, <laughs> uh, he's, he's played 12 games and scored nine points. Uh, I mean, an absolute standout season for them so far. And uh, obviously, I hope this continues. Uh, fantastic. Uh, this, is, this is what you want to see from, from the Brits. And he really is showing why uh that do deserve more chance in, in in the in the elite league so uh, massive credit to him uh player who's really disappointed me and this guy has played many many years in in a top Finnish league but his he's playing sort of fantastic don't get me wrong from from his time in finland but uh you expect coming into this league, he'd put, be a bit more productive, and that player is where I lost that. Is Dundee's Marcus Kan Uh Not to mention he's also 99 ninety-nine eighth-round draft pick by Vancouver. But he's been playing professionally since two thousand in the top Finnish league, and while his points, of course, like I said, haven't been fantastic, you'd think coming into a league. Which is a big step below, uh, the Finnish Liga and SM Liga. You think he'd be producing a lot more, but currently he's got one assist in 15 games. And for me, that's, for, for a guy like him, that is very, very, very underwhelming. I'd definitely expect more from him. But he's 41 years old, so I suppose uh, age is starting to get to him now, but still, having a resume like that, I'd, I'd still ex- expect better from him. Uh but yeah. Um I want to mention a few more other other, other Brits as well who have been really impressing me. Uh I was being the last guy to, to uh to uh run off of players. But David Clements has been fantastic, uh for Coventry, six points in ten games. Uh and Waller as well, five points in twelve for Cardiff. And you got Matt Howlett, who hasn't really been given much time, but uh he's in Guildford now about looking at his full profile. Yes, yeah, with Guildford. Uh, and his, his point production being fantastic. Five five points in 16 games. So, if you give these players, and I, I was going to include Finley, Finley Ulrich from Manchester, four points in 15. If you give these players a chance in this league, they're going to produce. And these guys are showing it right now. Uh, so, a, a fantastic effort from them, and uh, I hope it continues throughout the season.
0: It's nice to be able to mention the Brits in that, in fairness. I am mean, you absolutely right. Another player I'd add to that, just from the perspective of when we've played them and a player that I've noticed, in fairness, is uh, is Josh Tetlow. And I will say that on a kind of... I have said for a long time that I'd like to see Josh Tetlow in a Steelers jersey, uh, even from the time when he was kind of alternating between Panthers and, and the NIHL. Uh I was even saying then, I think this guy's got some serious talent and I'd, I'd love to see him in a Steelers jersey. And every time they play us, I notice him more and more. Um, so yeah, two quality Brits they've got there in 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 Tetlow, and I can't believe I forgot Betteridge. I, I was literally saying to Dave at the game a couple of weeks ago that I think between Betteridge and Conway, we have an absolutely stellar battle for top Brit of the year this year so far. Um, and Betteridge to me has been outstanding, absolutely outstanding. Um, yeah, I I, I I did like the fact, Andy, that you came in as the guy who had the least preparation for that question and yet you had the most answers, which is quality because <laughs> we spent ages, <laughs> like, or oh, not ages, but we spent a few minutes before we started recording kind of breaking it down and having to think and, and kind of writing our players down and then you've come in and smashed it out of the park and mentioned guys that we didn't even think about. So, um I will also agree with you both, I didn't include Latell because I didn't want us all to be saying Latau, but the speed that that guy has is insane. Um. So yeah, I, 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 yeah, absolutely spot on, absolutely spot on. Um, have we got any other any, any others to add? Anything else to add on these discussions? I mean, obviously we've we've all given us players. Have you got any player that you can think of, Andy, that you think's been underrated in, in years gone by?
2: Oh, um, it's tough because it's a lot. Uh, mainly I've I've got I've got to say David Alexander Bogard because playing playing partially blind but also putting the points that like he did up, um, uh, I think he just absolutely phenom- phenom- phenomenal. And um, I just still still think that more should have been um, done to. Sort of praise him really, because he's all been brushed under the carpet pretty much since 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 he stopped playing for Nottingham. And um, he's expect just ex- expect more, you know, more recognition for a player like that. And because it hasn't been, it's pretty disappointing for me, really.
0: Yeah, I can see that. I remember every single time we played against those, he seemed to score a goal and start some kind of altercation. So, <laughs> it's your key kind of player. He wasn't just your kind of guy who would score goals and then go and sit on the bench and be quiet. You could always guarantee he was in the forefront of some kind of conflict on the ice as well. Um, I mean, I we used to hate him when he played for Nottingham and Manchester, but I think we could all agree that at the same time that's the kind of player you want on your team. So, uh, yeah, 100%, mate, 100% agree with that. Um, anything else to add, gents, or are we moving on to the next section? This is a section that I'm quite happy to say I added in after we started the podcast, because me and Dave discussed whether or not to do Stafford Stats without Stafford, and it was a resounding now, and then up Pop Stafford, and in Pop Stafford Stats into the agenda. So, Stafford, it's over to you, mate.
2: Ooh, not quite as proud as I wish I was. Um... Sorry, I kind of threw that in very suddenly. <laughs> <and I> Apologise. <laughs> Oh, we're not including the C H L this time. So I mean, it's up to you guys. If we want to discuss CHL, I am more than happy to discuss C H uh, L. No, it's okay. I just I thought it, it, it might have been on the uh, agenda. Just want to remind people if you have forgotten. It <laughs> wasn't on the agenda. I had. Um, I thought about mentioning it, and then I
0: forgot to mention it before we started. So because we had what we had the first leg now, second leg. I
2: don't
0: finals yeah I wondered why Dave did you forget that we'd had the first leg yeah <laughs> I just looked up and I could just see you confused and then when I said we had the first leg you just kind of went oh <laughs> 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 who wants to do CHL then do you want to do you, Andy do you want to include CHL in your stats as, uh, um,
2: as, uh, no we'll for next week
0: Dave do you want to get up the uh, or do we okay do we, do we want to do it, do it next week when's the second leg I think this next week. Is it? So shall we do it as a roundup of this round rather? Than we will do.
1: But I want to. I think it's a good shout out to to Ruan on their come from behind to tie away at Tapper and to set up the tie next week. I'll just leave it at that. We'll we'll do the big roundup. I'll remember that they took place and I'll do the preparation appropriately.
0: Sound. I am uh, quite openly completely not invested in the CHL anymore because Clagenfurth are now out. So, yeah. <laughs> uh yeah, Stas, it's over to you for your stats then mate.
2: Okay. So, we've just got a right up of the league standing so far as of uh as of today. 1st so are Sheffield with 22 points. 2nd is Guildford with 19. 3rd is Cardiff with 17. 4th is Belfast with 16. 5th is Nottingham with 14. 6th is Manchester with 13. 7th is Coventry with 11. 8th is Glasgow uh five with ten. Ninth is Glasgow with nine. Uh and tenth is Dundee with nine points as well. Top top scorers as a currently stand, as John mentioned, Michael McNicholas, uh he has twenty points. Uh in second we have Scott Conway with nineteen, Brody Reed with eighteen, Justin Crandall with eighteen, and Adam Brady with seventeen. Uh top goalie starts in the league we have Matt Caroof with ninety three point five, Rock Stojanovic with ninety three point five, Shane Starrett it was creeped quite, up quite quickly there. He's got 93.3. Kevin Linskug has 92.9, and CJ Mott has 91.8. And in the Challenge Cup, uh, I don't know if there's been many uh, games, actually. I was in the in, in Challenge Cup it's recently. Two so in right. the first leg. Yeah, literally just two last night. Right, okay. I'll quickly go through them then. Okay, so in Group 1, we've got Belfast with 14... Dundee with seven, Fife with five. Uh, all teams that are qualified. In group two, we've got Cardiff with 12, Guildford with 11, Coventry with four. Again, all teams that are qualified. Uh, Sheffield Steelers are in first in group three with 14, and we've got Nottingham with 11. Uh, and Manchester Storm have just missed out with three points. Uh, going up into the next stage, we have Belfast, Cardiff, and Sheffield. Okay. In the top the top scorers for the cup we have an all Belfast top floor we've got Scott Conway, no surprise there. Uh with sixteen points. Second we've got David Goodwin also with sixteen points. Then JJ Picnic, or Pichnitch, whatever it for uh and then John Boucher with eleven. And lastly, we have Ten with ten. Uh goalie starts again, no surprise, Talabescarani. Uh, 94.7. Torren Cousin with 94.3. Coon and the with 93.2. Barry Brust with 93.1. And James Downey still up there,
0: 92.2. I like the fact he's happy with JJ Picknick, but he wouldn't say Backer last week.
1: That's still bothering you, isn't it? <laughs>
0: really like, to be honest, I just really like saying Backer to <laughs> I listened back to parts of the podcast last week, literally just so I could keep saying Bacchus. Um yeah. Bakashuawa sounds better. Chihuahua? <laughs> Can you imagine if that's, if that if it was Barry Bruss that was called Bakazou, he returns it with George, it would have been Chihuahua wouldn't it? <laughs> Brilliant. Brilliant. Right, no, mate, thank you very much for that. I'm very happy to say that we've been able to keep Stafford us Stats- I was disappointed to not include it in the uh, in the agenda at the start. So, um, yeah, boys. Uh, predictions is the only thing I've got written down. Unless anybody's got any other business they want to they want to add now. No, okay. Well, go for the predictions. We're going to do this differently today because Dave had them written down and I didn't. So Dave's going to read them out.
1: Do you want to go through it last week's to see how it all went? And uh, you can tell Dave won last week, can't you? You know when Dave won <laughs> is when <he's> going, never <laughs> he. Good Shall I just go through predictions?
0: Shall so just, just just go through predictions? Um, <laughs> Over the ground. Uh, yes. Uh, well, on the Friday, Dave and I got one each. Andy, you got none. You said Guildford, uh, Guilford, Glasgow. Even we're going to win. I'm not used to seeing a G on there yet because we only really not have many Glasgow games. Uh, on the Saturday, I think we all did pretty terribly. Uh, I got one, uh, Dave got two, and Andy got one. So not a great day for uh, for any of us on that one. Sunday, uh, a little bit better where I think, yeah, we all got three on the Sunday. So as it stands, uh, Stafford, you got four. I got five. That uh, can't be right. Oh, yeah, no, it can't. Yeah, sorry. Staffs, you got four. Uh, I got five. Dave got six. Dave was sure that he guessed the right score for Cardiff versus
1: Sheffield, but he did not. I, I, I when I say five, I can swear I said that, but it must be from a previous game. I said I was in a different game that week with that scoreline.
0: Ironically, you didn't say a single five-three game last
1: week.
3: Play, him, you, you were
0: I've... close with Glasgow Belfast. You said six-two. So you got you were, that was probably your closest. Well I
3: did get Belfast shut out. What?
0: When they beat five? Just didn't yeah, get a goal. Oh, you said five nil, yeah. I mean, you don't get any points for it, but. No, no I'm
1: just saying. <laughs> <laughs> Look, we, we say many times our predictions are awful. So you know when you get the wins, you do the virtual out. You know what baffles me is it's more like, right.
0: so everybody can be introduced to this on the podcast now, is that whenever Dave thinks he's got a score right, we'll get a message saying, oh, I think I, did uh, I call that? I think I called that. Did I call that? I I, mean, honestly, I can't remember what I had for breakfast this morning. Sports, <laughs> <laughs> I, <suppose> I said <laughs> like. Honestly, I, I have zero until I look at them the next podcast. I have zero idea what scores I put that on. I don't know about you, Andy. I, I can never remember what scores I've guessed no, straight away. Dave's like, Yeah, yeah, I, I think I said that. And half most of the time, he's right. I don't know how he does it.
1: <laughs> <laughs> well, this week, I could just go to the piece of paper because I love it this time.
0: So, well, this is, yeah, this is true.
1: So, off the bat, uh, Saturday, we'll go. we'll start with Belfast and Fife.
2: Um Belfast
0: four one. Uh, Belfast three one.
1: I'd gone four one Belfast as well. Ooh. Um next, Dundee, Glasgow. Ooh. Is that in <laughs> Dundee? It's in Dundee, yeah.
2: Um gonna say Glasgow three two overtime.
3: Dundee
0: four three in overtime. Ooh. Glasgow five two regulation. Ooh. Someone, someone put in the ooh cat gif. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Next, Manchester Cardiff in Manchester.
3: I go three one Cardiff. Four three Cardiff.
0: Storm. Go on.
1: Ooh. Ooh. Ooh, Ooka. Ooka. Next, uh, Nottingham v Guildford. In Nottingham.
3: Guildford 4-2. I think
0: you've just picked Dave's score again there, Andy. (laughs) (laughs) Uh,
1: Nottingham 4-2. Ooh. Okay. And I've got 4-2 Guildford. And then uh, Sheffield Coventry.
2: Sheffield 3-2. Sheffield 4-2. I've gone
3: Sheffield
0: 5-2. Oh, that's oh, that was that's quite
1: satisfying. I nearly said five two as well. <laughs> so on to Sunday, Belfast at home tonight again. I've gone five three Belfast.
3: Um, three one Belfast. Five two Belfast. Then Glasgow v. Gilfu in Glasgow.
2: Guilford five three.
0: Guildford uh no, sorry, Glasgow four three in overtime. Ooh. ooh. ooh cat. Cat. Uh Glasgow three one. Ooh uh, <laughs> Freddie who doesn't realise actually Gref is part of this podcast today. He's just <laughs> holding up signs to tell us when to ooh. <laughs> Not used the applause one yet, but you'll you'll get there.
2: Bully special prize.
0: Coventry
1: versus Sheffield.
0: I think I think the bullseye reference that's closer to predictions, Andy, is look at what you could have won.
1: <laughs>
0: <laughs> Which game did you say, Dave?
1: I said Coventry v. Sheffield. Uh,
0: Sheffield
3: four three. Coventry
1: 4 2. Sheffield 5 3. Ooh. Ooh. (laughs) Cat. Right, next. Cardiff, we done Cardiff. Cardiff 5
3: 1. Well, I was going to say.
1: Say (laughs) that. Cardiff 5 1. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> <laughs> I've got 3-1 Cardiff. The last game on Sunday Gref's favourite team Fife v Manchester
2: Manchester 4
3: 2 Fife 5-5-2 Ooh Fife
1: 5 2 Ooh, <laughs> five, five, two. Ooh. Ooh. And then the last game, uh, Wednesday night, Nottingham, Manchester. i have like got
2: Nottingham 4-1. Ooh.
0: Nottingham uh, 4-2. I think Andy's ooh then was more for the fact that you threw us off by starting with your prediction. <laughs> 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 uh, yeah, I'll agree with that. Nottingham 4-2. Uh, there, is another, there is another game. Is it? There's a Challenge Cup game. Cardiff v Dundee on the 15th Wednesday. Cardiff v Dundee in Cardiff. Quarter-final, second leg. Cardiff will need to win
3: by three goals. Okay.
2: Oh. I I I. Can't see them doing it by three goals, but I, I think they'll win uh,
0: three-one. Three-one would take them to OT, wouldn't it? Yes, on well, aggregate.
2: Right, two-one then. <laughs> <laughs>
1: <laughs> I go Cardiff to win three-two.
3: Can we have a tie in this game? No. The, well, in theory, we could because it would it would put them um, if it ended say
0: two two. It would put Dundee through and he wouldn't need OT. Oh, be...
1: sorry, in that context, yeah, you're right. Okay, yeah.
0: two two. Just because I want to be able to guess a tie for once when it's actually logistically possible.
1: <laughs> but now that's all the games done for next week.
0: No, is not No, I'm joking. No, that's there. fine. <laughs> <laughs> um, I, I mean, that's all I've got written down, gents. So, uh, has anybody got any other business? So, uh, obviously, we've got our social media channel. Uh, we have at MSA Podcast on Twitter and Instagram. Stop doing the ooh cat face.
1: <laughs> I'm not. i more shocked that you remembered.
0: I know, well, you You know what? I, I, I well,
1: don't even know. Yeah. <laughs>
0: Do you know when we tweet, we're going to tweet something out of the UCAT gift? just so if anybody doesn't know what we're referring to and sits there and keeps going, why do they keep saying UCAT? Keep it out on Twitter. Um, anyway, we digress. Uh, <laughs> yeah, at MFZ Podcast on Twitter, My Fancy Zamboni Podcast on Facebook, at MFZ Podcast also on Instagram and as I said, we now have the My Fancy Zamboni group or discussion group on Facebook. We'll be sending out more invites to that for people that we have on social media. If you want to be a part of that group and you don't have us on social media, drop a message to either my fancy Zamboni podcast on Facebook, drop us a tweet, drop us a message on Instagram, whatever channel you want to use, let us know and we'll get you added into that group.
1: We have posted the link previously on our Facebook page, the overall Facebook page to the link to that group. We'll do it again this week at some point. Um, Oh, oh right, okay. So can we post it and then people can like request to join? Yeah,
0: yeah. Did not realise we'd done that. Oh. Shows you how switched on out. cat? U-cat. Um that's I think that's it, gents. Uh we've still managed to to manage two hours twenty minutes, so we've still delivered good length. Um so, yeah, I don't really think there's anything else to say. Uh, disappointed that we've not had Gref for two weeks in the row. Happy that we only missed out Andy for about fifteen, twenty minutes. Um and then he popped up, which was the best <laughs> thing I've ever seen. It's just like You're welcome. Um, wrong podcast. Great. I nearly missed it. <laughs> nearly missed it. Um oh, I, I think that I think that's it. Everybody happy that's it? I feel like I've missed something a bit like I was gonna say something. We never did figure out what we missed last week, by the way,
1: boys. (laughs) (laughs) That's brilliant. We probably didn't miss anything. We just kind of subconsciously thought that we missed something.
0: Yeah, this is true. This is true. And I'm going to try and start coming up with some theme tunes for Stafford Stafford Stats and uh, Discussions Group, so we can start putting theme tunes in and have a bit of music in there, mix it up a bit, which is probably not going to happen. Uh, But yeah, Uh, in fact, actually, as in uh, in any other business, I will throw my own my apology out there because we recorded this uh, the last episode last Thursday and I only managed to upload it. I think was it yesterday or the day before? (laughs) Um, In addition to completely forgetting over the weekend, I then had some issues with the website that we updated on. Uh, it wouldn't let me edit the audio, uh, and it was an absolute nightmare. So it did take me a little bit longer. So my apologies for that, but we did get it out, and uh, I will endeavour to get this one posted a little bit sooner than the last. <laughs> um, other than that, gents, I think that's about it. See, nods. So let's pray for a better cricket score um, as we move forward in the ashes. Dave's shaking his head. They'll be playing now, won't they?
1: Board well, have done forty three minutes and they've, they've uh, our Australian friends are already four hundred and
0: three for eight. Has Head scored more points than the England
1: team yet? Yeah? No no Head is still uh he's he short of He's nine runs nine runs short of matching the that's, whole thing. That's insane. It is. Anyway,
0: sorry, not cricket podcast. You um, <laughs> could have said no idea what I'm about. <laughs> yeah, the Ashes, mate, don't worry. We started it off oh. by saying let's not talk about the cricket. Um, so, <laughs> oh, actually, we had to talk about the cricket. Um, oh, I, yeah, one thing one thing before we end, gents, sorry. I've just got one other thing to add on any other business. Um, we we talk about Dops in terms of how poor they've been. I just wanted your guys' opinion if you look at it in the NHL and look at recent bans that have been given out in the NHL, um, Jason Spezza has just been given a six-match ban for kneeing, uh, was it Pionk that he kneeled in the head? Yeah. Kneed in the head. Compare that to the match to five-match ban that was given out for biting to, was it, uh, was it Lemieux that was given a 5 Yeah. And what, what do we make of it? I just, uh, to me, five matches for biting is insane. If memory serves, Derek was it Derek Campbell that got done for biting and ended up with like a twelve match ban or something like that, plus all the other bans that he got for everything else. <laughs> More than likely. I just, I, I just don't. act Five matches for biting. I don't. What do you think? Am I being
1: exact? I mean, he literally drew blood. It's better for the league to be hungry than to need someone in the head, clearly. <laughs>
2: It's, it's it's just stupid it's it's not safe at all so five games is a is a joke absolutely especially joke. in the
1: covid times that we're in yeah well yeah that's still the thing i think spezzis is about right although i know the nhlpa have lodged an appeal uh on that suspension i felt the news should have been a lot more yeah no it's no good i it's good to see it's not just stops
3: that in our opinion of uh, Dr. Ball
0: in fairness NHL dops are also well known for spinning the wheel so yeah anyway so I just thought I'd bring that up I just said, uh, if it hadn't been for the bite I would have completely ignored it but I've just we don't normally see a penalty for biting so just thought that was worth a mention um yeah yes. anyway we'll call it a day at that then so Dave
1: I've been, oh, well, I was caught you mid-yard then um Thank you very much. <laughs> yeah. Thank you. As, as much as it meant to be an original uh, origins podcast, uh, Andy saved the day and uh, brought it back to normal. So uh, thank you, Joe. Thank you, Andy. Uh, thank you, Gref on IR. Um, we hope to see you back in the lineup soon. But you better be soon because we've got another away day on the card. Um, and thank you to all those who listen, all those who contributed. Um, I did laugh at someone who's posted saying, you've invited me and you say no swearing, and knowing what she's like. um, Yeah, that was a bit of a mistake, but I'm sure she'll behave. Even if you look in the discussion group, you'll understand. Um, So, yeah, no, we've started to build quite nicely. Um, And, yeah, roll on next week and we head to Belfast. Roll on next
0: week when we head to Belfast. That could not be more... Iconic of how I feel, right now. Iconic's not the right word, but just it's, it's, it's that time. Anyway. Andy. <laughs> thank you very much, sir. Nice of you to uh nice of you to
2: join us. Um Yeah. Thank you very much. No, thank you very much for having me. Uh, apologies again for being a bit late. Uh absolute my day today. Uh but yeah, thank you, Dave. Thanks, Joe, thanks everyone listening. Uh thanks also to Gref. Hopefully, uh, you'll be fully fit for next week. Uh, but we'll see what happens. Uh, but yeah, uh, f- thank you, everyone. And uh, yeah.
0: Gref needs to come back soon, in fairness, because uh, we've been accused with a Storm fan on the podcast panel. We've been accused still of being biased. So without... What without he, is, fire, he still, is he still out? Well, no, no, I just mean previously. Oh, I previously. Oh, out right. Hi, Storm TV. A- Shame. Shame out the queue recently. They only said a few times they recorded the webcast on a potato. I mean, I don't think that was unfair. <laughs>
1: <Is> <laughs> can, that right? talk about, can talk about how being sick you are now watching it? I think the potato's an upgrade on what you got at the moment. Oh, mate, honestly, the Cardiff
0: webcast, the the commentary was awesome, really, really good, but the
1: honestly, the cameraman was awful. Really? That's not like that. A puck for his life. That's not like that. They're, they normally are quite good at tracking um,
0: the game as it is.
1: There, there was one point where
0: he tracked the puck that awfully that as the pan, camera panned left, the player with the puck had got the puck and was skating right. So the camera panned past the player that was skating the other way. <laughs> it was oh, like. <laughs>
2: that much is-
0: tell me your cameraman's not used to hockey without telling me your
1: cameraman. <laughs> <laughs> they are done the commentary team, are they? They know the no team up there. No, this is true. This is true. But no, gents, thank you very
0: much. Um, another enjoyable episode. Um should be back next week. Uh, hopefully we're back next week for the last podcast before we head to Belfast. Um and yeah, everybody listening, thank you very much. Thank you to everybody that's asked questions in the group. Long may that continue. We'll uh, we'll keep posting in there and keep keep asking us your questions. doesn't matter if you think you ask us questions every week. We always like to have things to discuss that we've not thought of. Um, so, yeah, keep asking questions in there. Thank you for listening to another episode of My Fancy Zamboni. And keep waving those flags.